alive. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I say yo. Can we turn that hold down though? Yeah, I can, I, I, I'll turn it down. Bet, 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 bet. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm the black man, black man. I'm sorry. I'm the black man, black man. I'm sorry. I'm the black man, black man. I'm sorry. I'm the black man, black man. black 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 Yes, indeed. Welcome to another episode of Black Men Do Talk, where we have overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. Yep. I am one of your hosts, Street Hems. I'm Caleb Berry. I'm Elisha McCall. And I'm Percy Richard. Yeah. yeah. Indeed. Special guest today. What special up, guest, special guest. Up, Percy. Percy, welcome. Our last episode, you brought a little smoke to the police. Brought that heat. Whoop, <laughs> 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 Indeed, yeah, 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 indeed, yeah, yeah. indeed, indeed. So, on today's episode, um, Percy, tell us a little bit about yourself first off. Okay, so where should I start? Uh, first, start off on your edu- education, because I feel like okay. yeah, when we start talking black people. You you work hard for your for your degrees. We, we got to hear about that first. Okay, graduated high school at sixteen. Oh, uh, oh wow! Navy at seventeen. Hold was on. done with them by twenty-one. Mm-hmm. I went to school, got my BA from University of Louisiana at Monroe. That was in communication studies with a minor in psychology. Also got my associates in psychology from that same school. Then mm-hmm. decided, you know what? Look, let's go to HBCU. So I went to Grand Fam. Grand Fam in the building. Hey, just stack. <laughs> Grand Fam in the building. There we Let me go. Say that one more time. Grand Fam in the building. There it is. <laughs> and um, got a master's in criminal justice because mm. I wanted to, in order to beat the system, you have to know it. Yeah, mm. There you go. Infiltrate. Oh, so you really brought some smoke the other way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. don't no, put look, no right. in front of me and I'm not going to say something. It's interesting because I've, I've, never, I've never heard the angle of defunding the police from the perspective of not just taking away all funds, but right. re or allocating funds where they should be. That was interesting. So I was like, mm. indeed, indeed. So, as far as on a theological front, where are you at? So, on a theological front, hi, I am Percy and I'm an angel. Indeed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I know, I know, that was that was very, a strong statement, but I literally am born again. I gave my life back to God and I'm an angel. Like, I'm Come on, somebody. So, in the aspect of a messenger, like yes, what the word angel messenger. means. Okay. Because yes. when we first met, it was... You saying that you're working on a theological book at the moment, right? I am. I okay. am. You know, I'm gonna get to that, but you know, I had to get. To it. <laughs> I had to let them know why. I came we need to let them know why you here. That's why I'm here. I'm the, I'm the voice of my people because I feel like we're scared to have conversations. For and sure, I feel okay. Like we're scared to have conversations about God, and I feel like in order for us to open that conversation up, we have to be more <coughs> in tune with who we are in Christ, and also. In tune with our message and how we deliver it. So mm-hmm. I'm here. I told you guys I'm Percy. I'm an angel, and I'm going to tell you why. I actually have moved to Dallas. Um, okay, this is like the how do you say it? The heartbreaker moment. So I was in a relationship for a very long time, mm-hmm. and um, in that relationship, I experienced domestic violence and sexual assault. And while I was in that relationship, it ended up being one of those things where it was almost a questioning of who am I? Why am I here? What am I here for? What is my purpose? Is this supposed to be my life? Yeah. And so I have this perfect life. I drive this nice car and I'm in this nice house and I have this beautiful relationship. But really behind all the closed doors, 
there's abuse, there's violence, there's silence. And I think that that was when I finally was able to find God, was in the silence. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why I'm here, because when you find the silence, then you have to find something else to cling to. Is that the title of the book? No, that's kind of. I'm gonna get there. You <laughs> find the silence. Don't don't let him speed you up. Come on, don't let him speed indeed, you indeed. up. Okay, so so one of the things I, I believe is like you know something I'm uh, attempting to do a better job of adapting to. First, um, the I, identifiers slash the pronouns. Okay, so the identifiers slash the pronouns. How do you make the little thing do this? <laughs> which one? 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 Which Because y'all know we got people watching, so I got to make sure we have a warning for this one. For sure. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. So I am, I am all people. Uh, the reason why I say that is because there's so much division in our world today, and I feel like if people are always trying to fit in the box, then how do we ever find people? Mm-hmm. So I don't claim he, she. I'm whatever people see. Whatever you walk up to me and you call me, I don't care if it's a he, it's a she, whatever. I'm still me. So I don't have um, a hang-up on gender pronouns. I'm all people because all people are parts of me. Like, I still got my D-boy on. Y'all know I came up in here to represent D-boy in the building. Uh, But I'm still me. So I I don't have, like, a specific thing about that. I'm whoever I feel like I want to be today. So is it – so would that be – I don't know that's – it's like – Yo, what denomination are you? I'm non-denominational. You know what I'm saying? So, like, is is that is that like the the plus aspect of it, like, et cetera? So, the thing is, all of those terms in the LGBTQIA were all uh, pronounced by a psychologist. Okay. So all of these I terms did not know have that. been um, clinically diagnosed by <coughs> psychologists. The only thing that he hasn't diagnosed completely is me. <laughs> okay. <Because laughs> you say this, you. <laughs> LGBTQP Percy look, I got my Sorry. own little box I don't care about none of that You can call Indeed. me he And I'm like what's up yo And then you can call me she I'm like what's up my Like Indeed. I mean it's just me Like I don't I don't do that I don't have Okay this. Interesting Interesting So cause I Cause I saw on like Like Instagram you put she they Yeah Okay But that's like It's Well but, you know Bali this is Percy You interviewing Percy Bali is my Okay Y'all, y'all know about Sasha Fierce Mm-hmm. Y'all okay. in the audience, what y'all know about Sasha Fierce? Can y'all tell yeah. me a little bit of alter something about ego Sasha Fierce? That's the, that's the, the alter ego of Beyonce right. Knowles. Okay, right. so Bali is your alter ego. Bali is my alter ego. Mm. Bali is my Beyonce. Okay. She's my, like, that's the the feminine expression of me in divine feminine form. So what, what made you come to the conclusion, or got you to the conclusion where you are now? Because, like, you talk about Christ and you talk about God and different things like that. And did you have your master's in divinity? Is that what I heard? Is that a, is, So my not? other master's is in psychology with the communication studies also. But, okay. no, I don't have it in divinity. Let okay. how I got my divinity. So I actually have been taking the patronage to just learn God under the ministering of elder minister Linda Coleman from Potter's House. Okay. She's beautiful she's amazing she's been giving me light love she actually wrote a book also Mm -hmm. on her journey and so 
um, even prior to meeting her, I had already been inspired to do it. But just having that additional elder to just walk me through my journey with Christ, it's been awesome. Okay. So, so one of the one of the questions that I know for a fact I've had, and I haven't had to, I wasn't able to talk to different people about it. I just watch YouTube videos, study certain things. When it concerns gender and sex, mm-hmm. what's the differences that the LGBTQ? I'm gonna say plus. I don't remember the other letters. Yeah, I ain't gonna hold sure you. you said plus. Yeah. yeah. So, w- what's the difference between the two, and do they ever connect? Or? So everything connects, and. I like to think that I'm a bridge because I think that in order for people to understand that everyone is different and not everyone is going to fit into a box, Mm -hmm. like that's the first step. The first step is like, we're all different. I'm not who you want me to be. I'm not who they want me to be. I'm who I want to be. So, so So what is, so when that, like, like when you're thinking about gender and sex, Mm -hmm. um, and I want to say this is because you can have a person who identifies as lesbian, but she feels or identifies as a he. Mm-hmm. But in her mind, she has the mentality of a man. So she's a provider. She's a supporter. She's all of those things to her femme partner. Okay. So in gender and sex, even in the LGBTQI community, there are people who identify with different parts of the gender. So in that aspect, she would be the male aspect of that relationship because <coughs> she is doing those providing roles. She is doing that supportive role. That is one thing I actually notice in like lesbian couples. There is mm-hmm. like a masculine figure within the relationship. Mm-hmm. Even still, which makes me question, like, okay, even the aspect of defining or redefining identity, there still is a archetype of what um, I believe to be the original design of the masculine feminine <coughs> combined. And so that's interesting to me. Yeah. So just real quickly, gender is, from what I've learned, gender is... What you feel that you are, what you think that you are, man or woman, correct? So do you know that you're a man until you know that you're a man? Maybe that's how I can answer it. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, you can be told that you're a man because you identify with the aspects of your body that are presented to you. So that's the sex part. That's the sex part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But gender is something that is learned. Gender is innately learned. So is this, is this, is this where, I I just have a. You know I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Indeed. The reason why I'm saying that is mm-hmm. because in order for a man to learn how to be a man, what do we have this thing that we say? Oh, you weren't able to learn how to be a man because you didn't have a father present. Mm-hmm. Almost like having a father present would be the idea of a person to learn the gender. Mm-hmm. But still we have single mothers who raise their child. Mm-hmm. So even in that aspect, that boy is looking at other guys who identify with his gender and learning aspects of he wears this kind of shoe, he wears that kind of dress, he, he <coughs> does this, whatever he's doing, there we mimic what we see. Mm-hmm. So in the aspect of sex is given, gender is mimicked. It's almost something that you mimic from close proximity. So it sounds like you're describing, I think I've heard the term gender fluidity. Is that kind of what you're talking about? Yes, okay. gender fluidity. Gotcha. Indeed. <clears throat> I think it's interesting because like, Growing up, sociology books, reading that, you know what I'm saying? I'm a real, like, like stats, statistics, logic, all that stuff. Yeah, you are. And like, huh? Say, so, yeah, you are. I'm affirming you. <laughs> yeah, you aren't? Yeah, yeah you, you are. are. I'm affirming oh, you. Well, thanks, man. Anytime. <laughs> Shucks. Um, so, essentially, uh, when, when I saw the terms growing up and reading those, like, it's, it's almost like the terms themselves have adapted. Mm-hmm. And I would say even evolved to a point where... It looks different than what I learned in the books. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, bet. Because even the aspect of differentiating factors between ethnicity and race 
are not even 100 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, okay, ethnicity and race is now two distinct things as well as sex and gender is two distinct things. And then now gender is something that is felt rather than uh, distributed, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that was, that was definitely a, a culture shock that I'm, like I said, I'm still to this day adjusting to because <clears> I'm like, okay, you know, um, if identity is based on feelings, then uh, can there really be, like, solidarity in a foundation if it's based on, you know what I'm saying, uh, what the, like, the tides of the feelings or tides of emotions or um, how you're feeling that day. And so um, when it comes to even aspects of, like, relationships, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, how I'm feeling that day um, – <clears throat> As you even would say, like, even like lesbian couples, it's like you have a, a masculine figure, a feminine figure. Um, if you see there is even a need for that balance, how does that <clears throat> reconcile with when you pursue a relationship and then there is that distinguishing factor between, well, yes, typically I would be feminine, but today I'm feeling masculine. Like, how does that, how does that work out? Mm. So, how do I say this? Um, so... I grew up in, like, a very religious background. And in my religious background, um, I'll kind of go into some details. My mom was Catholic, and my dad was Jehovah's Witness. So I come from two of the most strict, like, religions that you could ever think of. Indeed. And so these two people are raising this little brown boy, and they don't know what they just walked into. Yeah. And so even in that, like what he was just saying, I like to, to hear that. It's like, I love so much of my mom and I love so much of my dad. So it's almost like how I could explain that is like even when I was using the lesbian couple earlier, I'm still a provider. Like I still believe in providing for my family. Like yeah. I'm a hustler. I'm a go getter. So I don't, that's not going to ever leave me. For sure. Um, and I think that's a masculine aspect. Like I was saying, that's learned. Mm-hmm. Like I saw my father providing. I saw my father taking care of the household. So I know that that's something that will always be attached to me. Yeah. Now in my mother, she's the clean one. She's the one who's articulate in her words, addiction. She's the one who like makes sure that we have everything stocked up. Like, <clears throat> so all of those aspects of her, I also have them too. Uh-huh. So my thing is the whole thing about gender is everybody's trying to split it. And the problem is as we've split it, now we're dividing splits into splits and it's, it's making a problem. This was all created by psychologists because I've studied it. So I'm telling you, the reason why uh-huh. they did it was because division makes it easier to maintain. It makes it easier for us to say that this is another person and this is another person. Things are easily defined. Right. So, so, exactly. so in your you. studies, you're even saying that not so much the feelings, but how the LGBTQ community plus is being defined needs some rec- like some reconciling. Definitely. Interesting. If you are hmm, going to base people off of a psychological term, then you don't know psychology. Just like you can, I have ADHD. You would not know that from ever seeing me that I've had ADHD. Or I'm, I still have. It doesn't go away. <laughs> I was never given Ritalin or any of that other stuff. Yeah. When yeah. my family found out that I had ADHD, they allowed me to be who I was. Huh. So it never affected anything. I just told you I graduated 16 years old. So I'm saying that just because a person gives you something doesn't mean that you have to identify with the title that's been given to you. For sure. Huh. <clears throat> Is the title still there, though? No, I don't have a title. 
Wait, I mean, like the ADHD. Like, is it still there, though? Yeah, I still claim it. I don't. Okay. Just because you said that that was something that I had didn't mean that it limited me or yeah, to how that is. Didn't you. allow me to go where I was gonna go anyway. And Indeed. I still can't pay attention, but I'm here. Indeed. <laughs> no, no. Look, it's funny. So, so you're a good company. So my dad was clinically uh, diagnosed with ADHD, and I am like the mirror of my father. You know what I'm saying? But my father never took me to get diagnosed, and my father even said. Even if they you found out you were ADHD, what you most likely are, or ADHD or ADD, whatever it may be, he said, don't take that medicine because it'll limit your creativity. Mm-hmm. Interesting. My dad told me that at a young age. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, I made it tough for my high school teachers. <laughs> <laughs> it was like I was wilding now. And Michael like, got the brunt of that. When he you know what's crazy? Man, so, man, like, man, my, I heard about that. My little brother <laughs> was telling me that. one day. He was, he's like, bro, I was coming to school one day. I was, I was like, why, why do teachers hate me? And he found, he found out. He's like, because they knew you. And your my year out was his year in. Oh, yeah. And so when they found out he was a West, <laughs> yeah, he right. got all the smoke yeah. went out. The and my brother not conversational bitch. like that. So I was like, my bad, fam. Like I was That's just interesting. I was like, I was like an, an unsuccessful class clown. For sure. You, know what I'm saying? you were an unsuccessful class clown. I didn't get I didn't get nominated. And I worked hard. It's okay. Talk about it later. Not about you today. Um, so you, Percy, you mentioned earlier <clears throat> that um, you have somebody walking you through your journey with Christ. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about that? So, um, actually, I actually prayed to God. Mm-hmm. Like, I actually okay. told him that I wanted someone to deliver me even closer to him. Uh-huh. And so he actually sent me two angels. And I, the reason why I called myself an angel is because I'm going to deliver a message to someone else that is maybe in this room or outside this room or wherever. Uh-huh. But I have to be that messenger. Right. So uh, the two angels he sent me, one of them was Guadalupe and one of them is Linda. Uh, Linda actually was called to service because she wanted to, not because she had to. She just started volunteering at my nonprofit. And I was like, this lady has a story. So once I actually got closer to her, and was able to understand her journey. I understood that the reason why she even came there was because she was searching for her way. She was um, She's a retired person from the Irving bus lot. And so after she got injured, she ended up, like, wanting to still give time to something. And so she's actually been donating and, like, working at a nonprofit since September. Oh, so can you talk about the nonprofit? Because that's actually how we met. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So she's, she's doing it. At, where I'm the operations manager of Brighter Tomorrows. Brighter Tomorrows is actually one of the largest shelters for women, children, and victims of domestic violence and sexual assault in Dallas. Um, we have two shelter locations, one in Irving and one in Grand Prairie. And this lady has been phenomenal. And so in my journey, she was like, I can tell you're not different. Because when, she, when I walked in to the room, she told me that I thought you were different. And then I was like, why did you say that? She said, because when I saw you, I was intimidated by you. And I was like, why were you intimidated by me? And she was like, I was telling my pastor, I was like, I was going to have to pray for you. And I was going to have to pull out the holy water. Like, she literally told me this. Like, this is in our, in our conversation. And so I was like, why did you think that? And she was saying, like people just said, from the visual aspect of thinking that because a person identifies with however they feel, that they have to be possessed or they have to be not of God or they have to be something else because you don't understand it. And so the lady ended up falling in love with me. Like, I'm telling you, she did not start off like that. She was like one of the ladies from the Holy Ghost, like, 
churches in the back, and she was like, ready she was Kojic when she first. She met was you. gonna hit me with the That's Bible, childish. and she was. I was gonna bang, wake up with a whole bang, glass bang, of bang. Water. They have a history. It was. They have a history. So, oh, man. yeah. And so I changed her perspective of who I was by just being who I was called to be in God. And I think that. So from her perspective, she's like, hey, I, I, actually, you're not that different. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, actually, you're not that different. You are a child of God. Almost like she was. She almost saw me as something that she was trying to change. So she she approached you as a person. As a person, mm-hmm. she approached me. As Interesting a how powerful that is. <laughs> like she, she had to. There was like when she was called to me, yeah. it was almost like she had to see me for who I was. Right, see you for who you are and where you are and where I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah so so when we initially met, um, I was checking out the nonprofit, and then hearing that. Uh, even the statistics behind the homeless aspect of things, and then hearing that when you're homeless and you're also LGBTQ, specifically transgender, it's like, hey, I might try to go to this place, but because I'm transgender, they actually won't accept me because how I identify, they won't allow me to even go to the shelter. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I think Brighter Tomorrow's is one of the biggest places where, where anybody who's trans, like even yeah. transgender like has the welcoming to say, hey, yes. even if I'm homeless, I won't get turned down. We accept all people. So let me kind of explain what the problem is. The problem isn't necessarily that the shelters are not open to um, the LGBTQIA population. The problem is there when you are dealing with the diverse population of people who have been victims of sexual assault and domestic violence, they're mainly women and children. And so a large part of the community that would reach out to the sources identified as men. And so with most of these shelters in the area, there's no men's shelters. There's no space to house men. There's no anything for men. And even if a person is identified as transgender, they are still called and labeled as a male. Um, So on the books, that's how they are identified. And so that's why they don't have space. Oh, interesting. Um, our so organization is kind of a little other. different because we don't identify them necessarily. If they identify as um, female, then we identify them as female. Man, that's crazy. Like, and which allows anybody to receive resources, anybody to receive support, anybody to be served, rather than ah, there's no room in the end. <laughs> <laughs> type of thing, right? Now, we still working on the men, y'all. Like, let me let y'all know that for real, I'm, I'm just saying this, like, it's really still, even in the state of, of America, period, it's just homeless shelters are very, how do I say this? Men have a hard time with black, like, that's why I'm here, because when black men do talk, because the problem is, when all those numbers went up, there were a lot of black men that got left out. And they did not get support. They did not get help. They did not have a voice. They did. The mental health of the black male population right now is at an all-time low because we don't understand support and we don't feel supported. So that's why I'm so glad I have my cousin here because, like, to not have any support from my family but to have her in this moment just is just a little ounce of hope that, you know, there's a lot of black men that don't have that support, whether it's yeah. LGBT, straight, whatever you are. <clears throat> the problem is during this entire pandemic, we all had a moment where we detached from sources, whether that was the people who were your family, whether that was the people who were your support system, your friends. And we never got that connection back, not in the way that we had it before. It was just it just shifted. And so black mental health 
especially for the black male population, has a lot to do with us being able to communicate. So when I came in a couple of weeks ago and just saw you guys interacting, this is what they need. They need to have an outlet to be able to talk. They need to have an outlet to be able to say how they feel. Because the thing is, <coughs> if we don't talk about it, how do we know? So that's why I'd like, I'm open. I want y'all to talk to me because there's some stuff that y'all might need to know, and I'm here. So I got two questions. They're definitely uh, different questions. But first question is, when it concerns, because of my experience talking with other black men growing up about queer, LGBT, different things like that, but specifically with men, some of those, those conversations were disgusting on some of their end, just how they treated and talked about people who live that lifestyle. So what was that like for you if you, like, having conversations with other black men? So um, I'll just use my life as an example Mm -hmm. because that's all I can use is um, I can go to any hood unbothered. Mm -hmm. Really? (laughs) Okay. Really? I can go to any (laughs) No, that's a flex. No, that's a real flex. I'm a transformer, so I can't speak for everybody else. But I might. You don't know who I'm gonna be when I come up in your hood. I'm gonna be who I feel like being when I get up in your hood. But just know I came through. Okay. So came through dripping. But the reason why we're having this conversation, and I like when you said it, is because I think that like um, it's not even it's not even talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, whenever I finally kind of came to terms with who I was, it was still like having the conversation about, oh, hey, this is who I'm, this is my fiance, or this is my boyfriend, and this is who I'm talking to. It was almost one of those things that just kind of like got brushed under the rug. My family is one of those kind of quiet families, so we are not going to say it out loud. They'll kind of hide their internal feelings and then kind of say it later. So um, I actually... When I finally was able to have the conversation old enough in age, because I'm still young, y'all. Don't get it twisted. I'm still young. So when I got, like, recently, me and my dad, he just came down. um, Yesterday he was here, and he actually left today. So, um, And we were talking about just who I am Mm -hmm. and my journey of who I am. And it was so awesome to hear him say, I'm so proud of you because you love God and you put him first. But I'm so proud of you because I know that everything that you want, you're going to get because you're staying faithful. Mm -hmm. So just to hear him knowing that even in my walk, even though he might not identify with who I am as a person, him knowing that I'm so faithful in the promise and I'm so faithful to what I'm waiting for, that he could even tell me that you're so faithful, stay faithful, and you're going to get everything you ask for. So it just depends on, I think it depends on if people have time to process it. Mm -hmm. I think in a lot of black communities... We drop something on people, and then we expect them to accept it immediately. But That's good. I can tell you that drop it and let them have time. For sure. Because I think, I think we, we lack at times is showing people that we disagree with, you know what I'm saying, whether beliefs or whatnot, that they are made in the Imago Day still, that you have intrinsic value because Christ has made you, you know what I'm saying, just in general, you know. Right. Um, so I think we need to definitely do a better job of like loving people well. But my second question is, when it concerns the scriptures and from what I've seen, like God legitimately has made a standard for manhood and womanhood. It ain't the stuff that we talk about, because I feel like a lot of times we get to this space of like, she climbs trees, that makes her a tomboy. It's like, fam, it's just a girl who likes to climb trees. It's natural. It's natural, you know what I'm saying? And this dude, like, he liked to dance, he liked to do ballet. That doesn't make him a girl. 
You right. know what I'm saying? Right. So when it concerns the scriptures, like I truly believe like God has a, a standard of what manhood looks like and what womanhood looks like. So based off of what you've been learning from what's her name again? Linda. Linda. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, based off of what you've been learning from Linda, like in the concerns with the scriptures, like what standards are you saying? So well, I'm still a man. Can I get a little thing for that, please? <laughs> bang, bang, I'm just saying, because I'm bang, still a man. Bang, mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, there's other people that might have questions about hey, who they are, yep. but I can mm-hmm. tell you that I identify and I know every time I use the bathroom that I'm still a man. Mm-hmm. And um, I love who I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying this because I think that manhood has a um, falsehood to it. Because what you call a man is masculinity, but I've seen masculine men who aren't providers. Mm -hmm. So what I call a man is providing. So even if a person is less masculine, but they're providing, then in those aspects, the masculinity just overshadows what manhood is. There's not a definitive, oh, this is what a man does. A man is a man because he was born that way. I believe 100% in that. I do not. I understand I love my members of the community, and they can come as a bat at me for saying what I'm saying, but I'm going to say this. I do believe the aspect that a man is a man and a woman is a woman. Mm-hmm. I mm. do believe that. Okay. So in that aspect. I'm, so in marriage, you yeah. would make yourself the head of the household? No, not necessarily. I think that it's more so of just like what he's saying in the aspect of do you think that as a man you're a man and as a woman you're a woman i still think i'm a man i'm a feminine man and i would still be okay. the feminine man in a relationship <clears throat> it would just not be i don't think that oh this is very take, hard hey take your time percy take your time i want to say it like this mm-hmm. i want to say it like this cuz it's it's very inclusive to say it like this um you don't have to separate gender in order to have a relationship and separate roles Say that again. Yeah. One more time. In order to have a relationship and separate roles. You do not have to separate gender in order to have a relationship and separate roles. That's why the guys are acting like, oh, you got to wash the dishes. No, nigga, wash the dishes. What you doing? Okay. I've been working yeah. all day. Yeah, Hold on. Like, yeah. but I'm just That's saying, like, so yeah. it's, and even in lesbian and gay relationships, it's the same way. It's not, it's not just a... And that's our problem. So, so, so when he addressed the aspect of the... Because, like... I grew up in a house, so I got two brothers. Right. I washed the dishes. I mopped. You know what I'm saying? We did the laundry. Uh, we took out, I mean, I guess that's a masculine to take out the trash. I don't know. That's like cultural masculine, feminine aspects we put on things. Like, yo, if there's a bump in the night, you know what I'm saying? I'm getting up. I'm grabbing a Glock. You know what I'm saying? Facts. Keep that thing on you. Bang. <laughs> bang. 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 But, uh, a literal bang, aside, bang. Aside, Thank you, guys. <laughs> I'm here to support you. Indeed, indeed. Thank you. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. But with that, um, to his second question, the aspect of what we do see as biblical roles of a man and biblical roles of a woman, mm-hmm. like, where does that lie? So I like to go to Ruth and Boaz. Um, let's, let's have a whole come together moment for this. So even in this, this moment when Ruth is out here, with her dead husband's mom. Like, you just left your whole life. Like, started your whole life over. You followed behind your dead husband's mom, and you are on a whole new journey. And you see this guy living his own life, in his own world, doing his own thing. In her role of being a woman, was not walking up to him and laying at his feet aggressive or not. That's not rhetorical. 
I'm asking a question. Okay. Oh, that was a question? I'm asking a question. In in the role, if approaching, now in today's society, if we approached a man. Sliding DMs. If we we walked up to a man and just just laid on on the feet, is this not, what would, how would you feel if a woman just walked up to you? And laid at my feet? And laid on your feet. I would think she'd had some problems. I'm trying to. I'm getting her Laid up. on my Where feet, literally laid in my feet right now. You like, wake you up, up you was, you was you sleeping in this chair, you look, wake up, and there's a whole woman. I don't know her. Wait, 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 wait. Are we married? Is she bad, though? She got to be bad. I'm and are wrong. we married? Jesus. That's the... De- if she bad and we married... She, mm, never but mind, I'm saying in saying. that role... Let's rein it in, fellas. Let's rein it in. There's not women bang, who laying at feet. We're not doing it. They, they're not doing it. You can't sit by the buttons no more, Mitch. <laughs> two-week hiatus from the buttons, buddy. Uh, get it in now. Get it in now. So even in that, so what I'm saying about Ruth, and I'm using her as an example, that was an aggressive role. She approached yeah, him. for sure. She, in, in the ideas of the new man, as yeah. we want to say it, the new man does the approaching. They do the, hey, I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to chase up behind you, and I'm going to do this. Ruth went, saw this man living his best life and went and laid to his feet because she was prepared to serve him every day of her life. I wouldn't call it aggressive, though. Is it not? No. Can, if she like, said, if I think she knew that was her husband, and she went and got him. She put herself in a position to, to be seen. Him. True. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I, 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 I just, his feet. I think at the, his feet, though. Didn't really have a choice but to see. Then she him. went and laid it. Didn't she? Did she also like, like in that culture? Like, that's like in front of everybody. Person. Like pull up is like you know what I'm saying. Lauren Cloth was like, hey, yeah. Now, yeah. if y'all did that, that was aggressive. That was aggressive. Now I think that's aggressive. Just so y'all know. And every time we describe, uh, I mean, we use Ruth when we're describing that Christian woman. So I'm saying that there is some type of aggression and some type of, I know what I want, I know what I like, I know what I see, and I know what I'm going after in that woman. So how do we say that that's not still in these women today? But it's being bred for us to not have them have that. It's well, like, I think that's why it's important. You, you got to define what's like, what is like in the Bible, and what is like God ordained? Like some things are cultural. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like that, and some things are like this is a commandment from yeah. like this is what the Lord said. Mm. So you know, but continue. Well, I, I was I was gonna ask oh, because okay. Go with that, um, cool. We have even in the cultural aspect of things, things adapting, things kind of changing. If somebody were to lay at my feet or grab me by the groin, I'd be like, hey, fam, you know what I'm saying? That's kind of that's aggressive. That's you know out of pocket. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? But with that being said, you know. Turn um, hands off me. With you, as, as you say, hey, um, you can call me a man. Because I, it's literally, as of last year, I finally come to the terms that uh, attraction isn't a choice. You know what I'm saying? And so with that being said, is it, as you're saying, yo, I'm a Christian, Bible-believing, you can call me a man, is it a woman you're seeking? Okay, so I don't seek sex. Like, I don't seek gender. And so this is kind of like the more intricate part of me. Um, I see love as a chemical reaction. And you don't know who it's going to happen with. You don't know if it could be your best friend from high school. You don't know if it could be the girl you went to school with. You don't know who it could be. Uh And so for me and my (coughs) identification 
what happened was I ended up in a relationship with an alpha male, and he was abusive. So it made me run from, like, men. I st- I'm still in a whole, like, I be ducking them. Like, I don't, like, my DMs be busting and I be running. Like, it's, like, literally in my mind after I've attributed bad relationships to a man, it's, it's made... I've, it's made me have better relationships with women also because it also helps me understand why they act the way that they do. So in a way, I'll say it like this. I'll say it in the sense that um, love does not have a restriction on it. You don't know who you fall in love with. It just happens. Do you think God made restrictions on it? I, I think that our Bible does make restrictions on it. But I do think that God, let me say this, mm-hmm. um, I do think that when God... With his words were written, we were in a different time, and in that time things were different. And in this time, our world is changing, and so I'm not saying that I don't agree with anything in the Bible because I do believe in the Word. But I do feel that if you have walked in your journey with Christ and you have major requests known, if He supplies those requests, then there is some type of other. Um, anointing that goes with that because the thing is this I haven't I'm telling you that I'm waiting I'm not saying that I've received it Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not the person who's gonna just be like oh I told God that I was gonna take this journey and it's been five years later and here I am no it still hasn't happened but I'm telling you that if you have the faith prayer and supplication that if you have something that you want I don't put a restriction on what that is if you call it and you ask for God to receive it you can even when it's time. The, my, my issue with that is a lot of times our flesh wants a lot. Oh, I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And our flesh be wanting stuff that the Lord is like, yeah, no, I made a standard for this. You know what I'm saying? Especially even in some of these cases, like like kind of what he said, like attraction is a, is a thing. I really believe like these fellas like fellas. That's that's what he likes. That's a real thing. You know what I'm saying? But just because he likes this guy doesn't mean that's the standard that God has for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, again, he said he made man for woman and woman for man, like, when it concerns relationships, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, no, But there were all spirits. So even though we dwell in the human vessel, let me say this. Mm-hmm. I have a feminine spirit. Okay, this is just the body. The spirit in, inside of my body mm-hmm. is very feminine. Feminine, so feminine, and even some of these girls was like, oh, that's a girl. Like, that's the feminine energy that comes within me. So if we're thinking about the body as what it is, which is the flesh, Mm -hmm. and you think about who we are, I was who I was as Percy. Mm -hmm. And I am confident in who I was as Percy. But after living the life that I was living, I had to give myself to God. And so after I gave myself to God, I was filled with the Holy Ghost. And in the way that I was filled with the Holy Ghost, it... It changed my spirit to a more warm, feminine spirit. I was, I have a people who can attest that I was a very masculine guy prior to this happening. I can't explain what happened. How, not, not, to, not to cut you off. How recent was this? This was in 2017. Okay. So okay. okay so, years. like, five years. Okay. Five okay years. So, so, I've been on my journey for five years. So, in that journey, because, like, with the book, because mm-hmm. I, I kind of, not to, not to, you know what I'm saying? You know, he failed too early. I not to bring the book out. I, I know you're still writing it. It's in the process. But, like, if you were to give the premise, conclusion, and a little bit of the meat of it, just to kind of say, hey, this is what I'm presenting, this is what I'm uh, uh, displaying, and this is what my heart is saying, what is the contents of that so uh, people can know, you know what I'm saying, how to reach it, how to support it, stuff like that? 
Okay, so since he's ready, I'm gonna go ahead and because <laughs> I'm a what? <laughs> okay, so my book is called Believe and Perceive. So Bali is the first part, of course. So it's B A L I E V and Perceive P E R C I. That's kind of the word play. Perceive and Perceive. That battle rapper in him. I mean, you know, that's kind of how you milli Am I milli walking? What y'all? Uh. <laughs> Y'all, the Marco. Yeah. Uh, Indy, I get continue. it. I get it. I, I'm, I'm with. They didn't catch it. No, we caught no, it. We caught it's it. just nah, nah, nah. You nah. were in, you interrupted, and so you in battle rap mode. Yeah, I just kind of wanted to one. hear Percy. Oh, press the button. That's the button. Which one? That's the, the one, one you the button. You need to push the button. Yeah. Bang, Thank bang. You. Yeah, he he interrupted you. He does that. It was it was a moment. I like a I, moment I of heard interruption. Believe and perceive. And I was and like, still going. Oh, your name is still going. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm I'm just going. My, my lights off. My lights off. That's dramatic. No <laughs> worries. So it's literally an aspect of the journey that I took to my spiritual awakening. Um, in order for you to be born again, there's a process called calcination. And calcination is the process of heating up a substance to the point where it has no other choice but to change substances. So what happens with the diamond is every diamond is created through calcination. There's so much heat that is attached to that diamond that that diamond has no other choice but to either be made or to perish. So in my calcination, I met Bali. Like, this is what I was talking about with the feminine spirit. Um, I had a car accident, and this is so open. Uh, September the 15th, 2017, I had a car accident in L.A. And when I had this car accident in L.A., I was in a lift uh, going to Malibu because we're going to go get drunk. I had the Paul Masson in the car, y'all. I was ready. Like, Not the uh, Paul This was back in the day, y'all. I'm young, so don't Man. forget. I was like 21. I was okay. like 21. Okay, because, 20, you know, after you hit a certain, after you like, hit a certain age, you got to put the Paul Masson to ENJ. I had just it's started. Go. Like, I was really Respect. Respect. Okay. I, I really okay. was rookie. Like, y'all, I was this but rookie. now you're here. You're bringing this. <laughs> And this is respect. Now I'm a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's apple yeah. juice for the kids watching. <laughs> yeah, like kids I, watching this? It's just I my kids be watching themselves, bro. <laughs> and I was ready. Like I was yeah. on my way to this beautiful event in Malibu, and getting into a car accident. How I got into the car accident? We're driving down the road, and as we're driving, we're on the far right passenger lane and there's no other cars beside us there's like three lanes so there's two lanes on this side and then you go over and there's another three lane highway on the other side as we're driving down um i can i told the guy i said what's your favorite song and he started playing a song and as soon as he started playing the song i look over and there's a minivan the minivan's driving down the road and it just catches on fire like combust in the far right lane of the other lane of the highway and we're like two lanes over like on the far other lane there's no way that this minivan just caught on fire and then it just turns like literally turns gotcha jumps the median comes across and hits us turns us and throws us into a brick wall wow um when i hit the brick wall i left my body um and when I left my body, I was standing 
in the air, like 50 feet above my body, watching the accident happen in retrospect, like um, like almost like I had already died or something. Uh I was watching it happen in slow motion. And when I was there, um, I was around a feeling. And I had... I, I thought about God and I believed in God and all of that until this moment. But in that moment, it was the moment where I was not in my body where I knew that there was a real God, like there was a real feeling of God, that there was a real calling for God. Because this man, it called me out of my body to keep me from this accident. So um, after I'm in the air and I'm unconscious, I'm talking about unconscious, I am literally watching the paramedics, the car's on fire, the other car's on fire. I'm watching them pull me out the car. I'm watching them throw me on the stretcher. I'm watching them, like, put me in the back of the fire truck. But as the fire truck starts going, what do you think my body does? It just starts pulling with, like, so I'm flying across L.A., like, just flying across L.A. And I'm like, this cannot be happening. I cannot believe that I was flying across L.A. with my body, going through traffic to Centinella Hospital in L.A., South Central, worst hospital ever. So as I'm floating and I'm in this this state of unknown, I don't want to call it like you're here, but you're not here, but you are. It's almost like um, when I researched it, it's called astral projection. Astral projection is predominantly to happen in the case of traumatic events. So in traumatic events, um, the spirit and the body can separate for a split moment in time. And sometimes that moment can be extended. And so in that moment, there was about 25 minutes where I was not attached to my body. Mm -hmm. Um, When I got into the hotel room, I was told that they had to resuscitate me because I had lost breath. And when they resuscitated me, I remembered being 50 feet in the air above the Centennial Hospital and dropping back down into my body. But when I dropped down in, it was something different. It was not, it was not the same. And it's never been the same ever since. And you would say you were not the same. I was never the same. That's interesting. And you, what, what was the word you used for it? The it's C- the astral projection. Astral no, 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 projection. no, 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 before. Do you talk about the diamond and all? Like, it start with a C. Calcination. 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 Yes, okay. Calcination. So I, I have a question, um, and it does kind of shift back to what we were talking about earlier. Um, and so you've, you've talked about you know your journey with the Lord and your journey with Christ. Can you tell us exactly what you believe in terms of like sexuality? Um, in reference to like salvation. So in other words, when we, you know, when you're, when you're born again, you use that term born again, when mm-hmm. you've accepted Christ, there are things that come with it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sanctification, producing fruit, all these kinds of things. One very <clears throat> prominent like tool in the body is marriage, right? Mm-hmm. And, and in Genesis, um, uh, you know, God says this is the reason why a man leaves his leaves his mother and father, one man, one woman type thing. And so, how do you reconcile the beliefs of um, the LGBTQ plus community with what you see in the Bible, and specifically in terms of like marriage, sexuality, um, and gender identity? Because one of the things that I've one of the things that I see is that when 
something is fluid as as the term gender fluidity when mm-hmm. it's fluid there tends to be um there there isn't something concrete right mm-hmm. in other words like when something is fluid i can't go walk on water unless i'm jesus i'm not like because it's fluid like there is no sure foundation to it right it ebbs and it flows it's it's swayed and so if gender in in this really big part of your identity is based on how you feel how does that reconcile back with the truth of the bible okay so i'm ready let me take a little sip hold on take the sip take the sip Mm. sippy Mm. sip don't make me spill nothing hold on okay (laughs) because this the bottle in so so don't spill nothing in the beginning in the beginning (laughs) was the word let me go back Y'all ready? So in the beginning, there was a man, and the man whose name was Adam, and Adam was put into a deep sleep, and from Adam right. came a rib, which means in order for man to have woman, woman came from man. So I'm saying that to go back to the origin. So that's what happens. Sleep, rib, woman. Right. I, I get what you're saying because I, I do think that it is um, a very complex Thing that I'm about to explain, but I'm going to try. Okay. So, God created Adam in his image, which means that Adam was a singular person. And from Adam to be created from the image, and for Adam to have been broken into two, that means that from one person to be broken into two, then God identifies as two. So, in order for oh, one man. to become two, the one had to be broken from one to become two. Okay. In the process of being broken, sometimes you can break off a bigger piece. And in the aspect of who I am, I am a man who has a broken piece off of a woman. And it might just be a little bit bigger because I'm kind of pretty. <laughs> but, you know, I'm not just beefing myself up or whatever, you know. Indeed. But I'm just saying, you want to talk you, about you, it. You, talk you about did it. say your DMs were popping, so, you know. Yeah, so, but respect. I'm saying this because it's, it's beautiful to have this aspect because I want people to understand that in the beginning there was one. And so the world has divided two into two into two into two into two into, into two. It's been so much division. And so... When I think about divinity and I think about my salvation and I think mm-hmm. about my journey with God, I'm not shacking up with nobody. Dun, okay. dun, dun. Where the little thing at? I'm over here. <laughs> Where the little I'm thing at? I'm ready. Ain't no here, none of that. We don't do none of that around here. No, 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 no. I can speak. One of those no, none of that. None of that. Okay. So, um, if you're in your journey with God and you are practicing celibacy correctly and you are only dealing with people who have been called to align with your purpose, then you ain't got time for no scrub. Ain't, I, my bill's gonna get paid regardless. So, you know, bang, I don't even do all that in the way that I walk with Christ, I walk with Christ in the same way a man would walk with Christ, and I walk with Christ in the same way a woman would walk with Christ, and I don't question which way I walk. Okay. And so gender fluidity does not have to identify that just because it's, it's fluid, it's not stable. We must flow like Christ. We must flow like Peter walked on the water. The moment he was distracted and the moment that he did not keep his eye on the purpose, then he was sinking. And so the problem is whether or not I'm condemned from now until forever. Uh-huh. If I have my mind mm-hmm. on God with faith and fervent prayer and I walk with God and I make my requests known to him, 
there is only one person who can tell me that I'm not right, and that's him on Redemption Day. So I think that it just goes to <coughs> it goes to a lot of societies asking for society to accept them, and the problem is, ye are children of the Most High, therefore ye are gods. So if I am a god, what am I looking for you for opinion for? It, it, it's it's more so of like asking yourself if you are made in the perfect image, why do you look for someone else to define it? Why do you look for someone else to separate it? Why do you look for someone else to tell you that your image flows this way or does this way? The thing is, in a lot of our society, when we started from the one that went to sleep to make the second part, when we went to sleep, a lot of us went to sleep and never woke up. Okay. So you talked about you talked about the, you know, Adam and the image, and you said, correct me if I'm wrong, you said that Adam was made in the, you know, Adam was made, man was made in the image of God. And then when Adam was put to sleep, because God took a rib from Adam and s- split him into two, that also means that part of God's image ide- identifies as woman. Woman. Okay, got you. Yes. So, and I, and I think that. That's Ariana Grande, because she made a song about that. Did y'all hear God is a woman? Anybody heard that in the nah, I didn't that? hear that. Um, Ariana Grande, she got a song called "God Is a Woman." Y'all check it out. Really love it. I don't got the button for that. No, I know. I know you got got the button for that. But I'm saying it's some ladies up in here. Look, y'all. I heard. Thank you. Next, Mm -hmm. but that was only because of TikTok. So, but I mean, you got to give birth to some men. Ain't giving birth. What y'all giving birth to? Hold on. Let's go back to the. Okay. Oh, okay. A blessing is something that you give birth to. So if God is just a man, how are we gonna just give birth to something? So here so here's and here's kind of what I was getting at. So when you were talking about the image and the likeness, that to me, and I'm not a theologian, you know, but to me that has I mean by like I don't have a theology degree in that in that sense. You're Checking your head it's, I think everybody just, studies the Bible The study of God That's what yeah. theology means Okay why well, I, I study God yeah. Do you study God? Yes Everybody's a theologian yes. Welcome to theology. theology Wow this is This is cool Do you yeah. guys have drinks at the party? What are you talking about? Okay <laughs> <laughs> Nah but we got t-shirts Indeed So when you were When you were saying that So the image and the likeness I think Has little to do About Gender as mm-hmm. much as it has to do about reflection and function, right? Right. So that's why I said so, if you were if children of the Most High, right? Uh huh. So so the image mm-hmm. is in how we reflect how we what he looks like, right? So God being three and one, created in three and one, mm-hmm. and we were created to live in a communal aspect, right? Yeah. And the likeness was more so our given authority to rule. Right, rule so rule and reign, exactly. So dominion. we, so yeah, dominion. So we have mm-hmm. image in in this. This is image, yes. right? Being the community, being the body, being the church, and the likeness again is the authority. So I'm kind of trying to, I'm, and I'm trying to follow you here. This idea that because Adam was because Adam was split into two, that also means that God identifies as as all a woman. Of us. I didn't say. As a woman, I said all of us. I he identifies as all of us. So, okay. so, so it's interesting. So, I, I will be. Image. I will say, like the whole. I, I will say there. In in the Hebrew context, um, we see the Holy Spirit Define, defined yeah. defined as a woman. Yeah. 
throughout scripture. Like uh-huh. and wisdom ask, and is defined wisdom, as a woman. Right. And yeah, wisdom, right, right. I okay. would say, is a representation of the spirit. For sure, for sure. Okay. For sure. Um now with with that, I'm still trying to understand the split aspect. That's yeah, yeah that's what I'm trying to get to. The yeah. split aspect. So the split aspect is this. So in order for us to be who we are, uh-huh. right? There has to be what you said, three and one. We're supposed to have three in one. We're supposed to have our Father. We're supposed to have the Holy Ghost. We're supposed to have who we are. This is all. These are all. These are connected to who we are. In order for you to be a functioning Christian, you have to have a connection with all three. Right? That's how we're, we're supposed to have a connection with all three. Absolutely. So, in the process of having connection all three, it's a process known as completion, in a way. So, for instance, I am complete without having any guy. I am complete without dating anybody. I am complete without sleeping with anybody. I am complete without sinning. I am complete. So in the sense of me being complete, I am complete in who I am. So when I, as I am a complete person, have made my in faith and fervent prayer to God request known, then in my, I have to ask a question, and my question has to get an answer. Now, that question doesn't have to have an answer that is received from everyone else or seen by everyone else, but it has to be received. So I'm using this in the sense of knowing that, like, to separate something is to separate it, but to put it together is to put it together. So in order for Adam to have had Eve, he was together, and then he was separated to have help. It's almost like understanding that with us as people, we are often separated by what we think we're wrong and we don't understand that sometimes by being connected with who you are, that's the closest thing to right that you can get because you're connected to him. So I, I don't see fluidity or as um, unstable or, um, you know, not connected with God. I think I see it as a way of understanding him in the aspect of I don't put restrictions on what I see him as. When I was thinking about Ruth and Boaz, when I was thinking about wisdom, those are those are feminine aspects, but we don't talk about the feminine aspects because we're in a patriarchal society. <coughs> so the patriarchal society will only highlight that a man has to be like this. I love one of my pastors. He was, <laughs> Let me say this. Jerry Flowers, I don't know if you guys have heard of him, but he said something. He was like, we go to church and we're not preaching to the men, we're preaching to the women. And the problem is we're preaching to the women with the patriarchal aspect but we're not understanding that even in the patriarchal aspect god has feminine aspects he's giving birth to things he gave birth to the world so in the aspect of just saying that oh god is a man and any i i I can't say that but in the aspect of saying who i am i'm connected with all of the parts of me so i don't see god as a separation or i don't see male and female as a separation i see male and female as a divine beginning I look at the beginning. In the beginning, there was one. And so I am the one for me. So I can't speak for everybody else, but I know I'm walking in my path as one. So where, and I, I, I feel like I'm doing a decent job at following you. You're um, doing good. So <clears throat> where, do we, where do we look at the Bible, right? And we see that all throughout Scripture, whether, you know, we can put the, what God identifies as a side. All throughout scripture, we see the consistency of one man, one woman being defined mm. as the, you know, God ordained, you know, like nuclear family. Aspect. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So there is, a, and so you talked about restriction. I think that 
it's tough for me to digest because if it's God's design, then it's not restrictive. It's purposeful, yeah. right? Right. It's freedom. Like, it's free, right? Because on one end, you know, when you hear, when I hear people say, like, you know, if I feel this way one day, I'm going to identify as this. If I feel one day or another way, another day, I'm going to identify as something else. I think the freedom in knowing who I am is it's one less thing that I have to quantify when I wake up. Right. It's one less thing I have to figure out. So and I, I, th- I get with that, but imagine me. I can't tell them who to see me as. Do you know what I'm saying? You, no, 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 you can't. Right. But what I'm saying is there is, like, God has God having all authority and having all power is telling people who you are, mm-hmm. right? Just like he says, you are my son. Just like he talks about, uh, oof, is it Matthew, where it says, you know, a slave has no place, but a son has a, has a I'm, I'm paraphrasing, has a spot in the house forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the prodigal son, where he talks about that, like, he's telling people who you are. Right. And so just like there's freedom in sonship, just like there's freedom in salvation, there's also freedom in the design. Mm. Right. Right. There's also purpose in the design. And so while, yes, I can't I'm not going to sit here and try to convince people who I am. I can't point back to something that is concrete, something that's foundational and say, this is what the Lord, this is who God has not only designed me to be. But if you choose to walk in it, who is designed you to be as well. And so that is kind of where I'm trying to, ha- I'm, I'm, I'm having a hang up because it's like, on one end, yes, I agree. There is a journey we are all on with Christ. Mm-hmm. And while there is a personal journey, there goes my phone. While there is a personal journey, there is universal truth mm-hmm. that is applied right. regardless of who you are if you are choosing to walk with Christ, right? If you're choosing to accept salvation and walk in that freedom. And while, yes, your journey, Mitch's journey, Wes's journey, Caleb's journey may look different than my journey, but if Mitchell comes to me and says, hey, yeah, I'm a brother, I'm your brother in Christ, I'm a child of God, there are just generalities that I can hold him to. There are just general standards that I can say, hey, Mitch, if I see you do X, Y, and Z, and you say you're you're a child of God, that's actually not, the two don't line up. Right. And so where, again, do we, where is it that you kind of, baseline say like this is the foundational truth of what i believe in in in, in regards to my sexuality to my gender because it, it doesn't seem like it's lining up with the bible from my perspective so i don't think anybody's idea of gender lines up with the bible i think that a lot of us have sex out of wedlock i think that a lot of us do still i think a lot of us have tried or thought about killing um, even the thought is a sin so um I mean, I could use the commandments and I could go back and forth about the countless amount of commandments that a lot of us have already crossed prior. Uh But I I can say that my walk with God is not about other people. It's about serving my way to heaven. Um, I think that the servant is the humblest person of all people. Can 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 you explain that, serving your way to heaven? Serving your way to heaven. So my thing is this. When Jesus was feeding the 5,000 at Gethsemane, he was feeding them because it was something that he was ordained to do. It was something that even though I am the son of God, I don't have to feed them. I'm feeding them because I want to. I feed, I'm feeding them because I'm called to. I'm feeding them because it's my job. I'm feeding them because I am destined to feed them. Um, almost like <clears throat> in order to serve your way to heaven, for me it's been understanding that it's not about me 
um, Miss Linda Coleman, one of the first things she told me in her journey was like, Percy, it's not about you. And I was like, what do you mean? It's just like the first thing in finding out about God is understanding that it's not about you. It's about humbling yourself in the face of God. And so I just was like, okay, so what does that mean? You're already doing it, but you got to humble yourself, you know, Mm because I've already been serving. So even in the serving and understanding that, like, the problem with God and the problem with people is that we don't understand that God doesn't have a problem with people. God's love covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. So it's often like we're, we're sitting here blaming ourselves for making that one mistake or, or doing the wrong thing or I slipped up and we were dated for three months and we did this. Or da, da, da. And so we're, we're blaming ourselves with the words that we're supposed to be using to help ourselves. Right. And, and I'm not necessarily talking about condemnation, right? Because, right. you know, Romans right. 8.1 says, you know, there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So like, me personally, I've struggled with a lot of things, mm. premarital sex, mm. lying, all those kinds of things. So, like, those are struggles I have, right? But I struggle and I reconcile myself back to God's design, mm. back to God's word. Mm. Yeah. So, so I don't like- that. So, so that is that is where I'm trying to yeah. kind of meet meet with see where you're coming from because you know, as somebody who has had sex before they've been married, mm-hmm. I understand one, it's wrong. I understand two where I have to reconcile myself back to, and mm. I understand three that that is not the way that Lord des- the Lord designed it to be, right? Mm. And so, in this conversation, we've said a lot of things, and, and please correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but it sounds as if what God has laid out in the Bible, um, in terms of relationship, in terms of gender, in terms of sexuality, it seems as if you're taking a little bit of a different approach and belief to it. Not necessarily. Okay. Repentance. Say again? Repentance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Repentance. So the thing is, I did it wrong. I'm being honest enough to come on television and, and podcast and tell you. When you say you did it wrong, be specific. I did it wrong. I was thinking with my flesh. Okay. Let me tell y'all. I was thinking with my flesh. We all did it before. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> you was out here like. I was out here flesh walking. Yeah. I was like, look, I know I can get you. Come on. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what my mind was. Okay. Is that saying where the abusive relationship came yeah. from? And okay. so in my, in that journey, I didn't do it right. Okay. And so I think that even if I was another person, if I was a straight identified woman who was dating a man and I was thinking with my flesh, I would have still gotten the same thing. Okay. But in the sense of after I made my mistake, mm-hmm. right. I repented. Mm-hmm. I uh-huh. told God, I'm so sorry. Millions of times. I told him sorry more times than I ever thought because I, I knew that in that moment I was making the wrong decision because I was taking myself further away from him. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I don't honestly, I'm going to say it like this because I think it's perfect because I have to say it. I'm going to say this. When I think about who I am in Christ, I think about why he saved me. And I think about that if he didn't want to save me, he didn't have to. And I think about if he didn't want to protect me, he didn't have to. And if he didn't want to cover me, he didn't have to. And so my thing is, I'm I'm here because there's so many people who are scared to walk into this room and be around Christians and have the open conversation and say, I'm who I am. Uh-huh. And that's all who I can be. Yeah. But I love God, and I put him first before anybody. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I, I can't sympathize in the in the sense of saying that because this Bible says that I'm supposed to be with a woman that does not in my mind tell me that 
if as long as I walk with God, He will provide what I'm looking for. So, oh, go ahead. Were you? Yeah. I didn't know you done. And so, whenever I see it, and I'm always being thrown. Okay, so this is the only thing that they can throw at me because you know I, I got this down packed. So, right. whenever I'm in this journey, and I'm going to say it because I think it's so essential, is I don't limit how I express God to myself or to other people. And I am so open with just being who I am in him. Uh And so I think that when we're talking about this, it just it's one of those things that society has made us think that because it's male and female that we have to do this and this. And I'm not going against anything because I'm going yeah. to say what I'm going to say. So even with Linda Coleman, she tells me, like, the Bible says this about gender. The Bible says this about sex. She's, she's presented these things to me. Mm-hmm. But even she said, but in you, I feel something unique. In you, I understand that there was something that happened. And so I, I have to sympathize with the people who have been <clears throat> in situations where um, things have changed for them, yeah. and so for me in 2017, I can I can just honestly sympathize with the fact that some things changed for me, but physically I know who I am. I knew when I was starting walking with God that He wasn't walking me into a religion because He was going to send me to hell. He was walking me into a religion because people think they're all going to hell because they're different from this what this religion says. So it's like in order for me to walk, I have to be me in order to walk i think the thing that raised my eyebrows something you stated earlier um but it it had something to do you correct me if i'm wrong you said based off the change of culture the word doesn't seem to be as prevalent now that it did before where and i'm just like looking at scriptures like matthew 24 35 heaven and earth will pass away but my words will not pass away you know what i'm saying and this it the word of God doesn't change based off culture. Right. You know what I'm saying? But the so, word of God does change based off of what we were given. They gave us slave Bibles. So in the slave Bibles, there were 26 chapters of books that were not even put in the Bible. It took anything away that had to do with freedom. Anything yeah. that took away freedom the idea and, of freedom. The mm-hmm. only thing that was in the slave Bible was man, woman, have sex, produce and multiply, and these are the commandments in books. For sure. Yeah. And so if you're telling somebody that I want you to sleep with somebody and I want you to follow all of these things because I don't want my slave to eat, I don't want my slave to steal, I don't want my slave to kill, then in the mind it's already being bred for a person to act a certain type of way. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot, a lot of this has to go back to just the mentality of understanding that every word that you have ever read has been touched by a person whose fingers were not clean at some point. But again, yeah. the scripture to say that my word will not pass away. So regardless of what the slave master did, that ain't going to stop what Christ is doing. Right. You know what I'm saying? In his word. Right. And that so, didn't stop us from multiplying because we got a lot of black people. Love it. So, yeah. And so I think a, a, a big, hold on, Mitch, hold on, because you, you definitely just, whatever you just did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did tell you, I did say we weren't going to stop to use the restroom until we got there. Oh, no. I was a business call. Mm. Your in, phone was still here, though. In the restroom. You're, you're a liar. <laughs> you're we a got, liar. We recorded that. <laughs> it was right there. Um, so it sounds like, you know, because even when you were talking earlier, you were saying that um, more masculine uh, uh, providing is a more quote unquote masculine trait. I could I could go on a tangent on that one, but it, what I think I'm seeing here is there is a disconnect between. What God 
has ordained and what the world said that God has ordained. Mm. And I think even when you, when, you know, when you were talking about earlier how like there were people who won't even walk in this room and have this conversation. I think as the church, we have to, we have to take responsibility and not definitely kind of shun people away. I think we do a really bad job at accepting people where they are. Right. I think we've actually tried to replace the uh, function of the Holy Spirit in convicting people when all Jesus ever did was tell Same. us to love God Same. and then love our neighbor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and so I think, you know, even in that, like, society has told men to act a certain way. They've told women to act a certain way. And we've allowed that to infiltrate the church and what we teach. In reality, I think that we've actually overcomplicated a lot of the things that, as Christians, we should be doing day to day. But truth is still truth. And so for me, I'm still sitting here and I'm still saying, okay, I, I'm, 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 I'm still doing a good job. I'm still doing as best as I, as I can to keep up. But I do know and I do understand that God's word, like he was saying, will forever and always be true. And if we're sitting here and we're saying we believe Christ, we believe the Bible, we believe in the salvation, of the blood, all that kind of stuff. And he's telling us as a one man, one woman, I have a question. You're saying you're on your journey. On this journey, in specifically speaking to like your sexuality and how you view all those things, gender, all that kind of stuff, where are you saying, where are, what are you trying to find and seek of the Lord? Are you in a space where you're like, hey, God, like I still want to date both men and women and like that's who I am and I just want to walk with you and, and still be able to do that? Are you saying, hey, Lord, like, is this okay for me to be dating both men and women? Are you trying to seek out, you know, which one you should be pursuing in terms of, like, all these kinds of things, relationally, that kind of stuff? Like, where are you in that? Just so, one, I'm clear. Okay. And then two, the people. I have tamed my flesh. Oh. I had to clap for myself. Hold on. You said you've tamed your flesh? flesh. I don't want nothing that ain't sent from God. Okay. Look, I am protected. So let me say this about journeys. So I'm in the point of my journey where I don't need anything. I don't lack anything. Okay. To have God is mean I lack nothing. So if I have God in my life, I don't lack anything. The problem with a lot of society is we all lack things. Okay. And so when I finally realized that everything that I needed was provided from him <clears throat> and I was just connected to the source, it, it changed my views or my aspect of thinking that I needed a relationship or needed to be with somebody or needed to have friends or needed to have this or needed to have all of these things. So I'm kind of in a different point because I've been five years in now. So it's kind of like one of those things where once you get to a certain level, I mean, dating is kind of like, hey, I want to go here. And it's not even a date, but it's a date, I guess. And I don't know, but I don't see it in that way because if that's not ordained to be beneficial to me later on in life, it doesn't. I'm different. I um, have conquered my flesh because in order to understand where I'm at in this journey, I have to be able to sit in this room and be content with who I am. So I don't have lust. It's gone. There's nothing that I see that I can't have or I can't get, and I don't want. Mitchell won't let me talk anymore, but we'll come It's back. not talk. It's, it's just, oh, that's you, cool. you know what I'm saying? It's no, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you hear in the background... 
Smoke session. <laughs> People got questions. Know what time it is. People got comments. Yeah, I'm ready, y'all. Talk hey. to me, baby. Don't push me out the window. Don't fall for my potential. I don't care about you. What? Hey, y'all know what time it is. It's time for the smoke session. This is where you can bring your questions, comments, concerns. And also, just know we keep a gas mask if you want to smoke. So, anybody from the live studio audience that wants to bring forth any questions, comments, concerns, and smoke, you know what I'm saying? Feel free to ask any of the hosts, even the co-host, a question at the hot seat. Talk to me. But you got to sit at the hot seat. You got to sit at the hot seat. Why y'all acting like y'all got no questions or comments? Concerns and smoke, you feel? We're going to stop inviting them. I, I, this is what's the invite. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? I thought, I thought we. They ain't got no, y'all ain't got nothing to say. If y'all got nothing to say, you can go ahead and go ask questions again. Just, just know that the 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 seat is open. This is back on us, man. Just talk to. It's me. a lot of y'all talking back there. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want her to act like I want them to ask questions. Absolutely, yeah, I, I wanted it too. All right, here we go. Don't be scared. Okay, here we go. Hey, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, let, yeah, let them use you. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. And I love your nails. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> what? What was the sound? What is that sound? What is that? I'll get to the mic. So, um, I'm Liz. Hey. Um, I believe you said earlier that you said that you you have a connection with God, so you feel like you don't need anything. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's just a simple question. So what do you want? Meaning, like, what do you want to date? Do you want to get married one day? Do you want to just, you know? So, I'm not sure what God has called me here for. Um, when he called Jesus, he didn't call Jesus to have a partner or love or be in a relationship. Or you didn't see anything but Jesus loving uh, Mary Magdalene as his friend. But you didn't see him as a man sleeping with anybody or doing anything like that. So, I don't. When I asked God my request, I told him to use me. I didn't ask for money. I didn't ask for fame. I didn't ask for anything else. I just said, use me in whatever way that is, in whatever way I need to be used. And so for me, I didn't ask for anything but to be used. So whatever comes to me, I'm going to accept it how it comes. All right. That's it. That's all I wanted to do. Indeed. Indeed. Shut up. I love them nails, girl. I need to get your nail taken. She did that. She did that. What what design is on them drums? Okay. (laughs) Y'all can tell you I got a queen on black man do talk. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody else? Talk to me. Talk to me. Talk to me, baby. Wes, you said you had? Go ahead, Wes. Come on. I thought I thought you were saying something. I want y'all to ask questions. Bring them glasses up here, bro. Drain, no. Shouldn't nobody be talking after the episode. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, this is no text messages. No text messages. No phone calls. We're not talking after. Nope. We're not doing nothing. We're gonna talk about sports. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Questions, comments, concerns, or smoke. You can have a if you got a comment. Say your comment. Come on, come ask me something. Uh-uh, just, just come come here. Also, also, you can also get to know Percy better. Because, first of all, Percy is an amazing human. And I'm just like, yo, I want to expose y'all to Percy. So, if you, you know what I'm saying, come talk to him. Yeah. Been talking the whole time. 
That's all we do. First of all. Yeah. Didn't hear me. I didn't say word. Listen, anyways, I'm not gonna in, in, indulge with this man. So no, you good. Leave him alone, brother. Leave him alone. Quick question. So, Who are you? Who are you? Are we doing that? Who are you? We haven't done that. <laughs> Let people know who you are. You talking to? No, for real. Oh, so okay. Introduction. No. That's that's fair. That's fair. I just it caught me off guard because we hadn't did that. But yeah, my name is Wesley. We've I think we met with the at the police the police officer yeah. episode. So we've met before. But um, I, I had a quick question, and I was trying my best to kind of follow the things that you were saying as far as identity and you know the originating. I guess uh, in the beginning where mm-hmm. man and female were were both one Mm -hmm. so in that uh, i may have missed you um explaining in the beginning but i do want to know how how you identify do you identify as a man do you identify as a woman do you identify as all uh people because i thought that's what i heard you say earlier but i was just kind of seeking clarification on that if that makes sense so i was born a man as percy and i identify as all from my spiritual journey not because i'm i am separating but because i'm connecting to all um in the sense of in this i began as a man and i'm proud to be a man i'm never going to change being a man i'm not going to cut nothing off ain't none of that going nowhere but i love who i am and i'm confident in who i am but i also am connected to the divine feminine connections with all of you so it's it's almost like not denying myself of who i am but also accepting myself for the parts of me too so I don't, I'm a man. I'm, mm. not, I'm not transgendered or I don't identify as transgendered or any of that, but I'm still who I am. You okay. Know? I mean, I just kind of, I might come off as that, but I can't help why I come off sometimes, but I'm, sure. just, I'm pretty good at what I do. So I'm just like, I don't know. It's kind of like one right. of those things. And so then as a follow-up, I know that for your, for your Instagram, it it says she, she they, they them, but that's but that's a ref, that's referring to referencing that's Bali's Instagram. Bali. That's Bali's. There we go. I was looking, I was trying to remember, like, <laughs> the name. Like, this is trying to the name. Yes, Bali has her own Instagram. That's that's her because Bali has a podcast. So I right. do podcasts too. Mitch okay. knows this. It's called a trip to Bali, and mm-hmm. I actually talk about stuff like this about mm-hmm. the journey and about all of the things that I've gone through too. So. Um, Bali is her own person. She's like an alter ego. Like Beyonce has her Sasha Fierce. That's the person who's been working with me. I model with Beyonce. I'll be on TMZ with Beyonce. I'll be on BET with be. I'll be on a lot of places with Bali. So Bali is like a, a aspect of me that has a career of her own. She kind of actually. Um, so you've actually been on. You've been on the news before. Yes, TMZ. You've been on, I'll be on yeah. TMZ. TMZ next yeah. week. y'all watch me all too. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I, I was gonna say Percy, <laughs> but I guess I gotta say Bali has been on yes, TMZ. Bali has, but Bali and Percy, because I told him I was like, my name is Bali, but you know, my real name is Percy. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, Percy's yeah. been yeah, Percy, yeah. Percy, Percy, Percy kind of worldwide with it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. a, a, a Bali. You know what I'm saying, yeah. Well, those are my questions. <laughs> what, is, what is this y'all got going on here, bro? That's your boy. Yeah. That's, that's, your boy. that's your boy. Y'all need to hug it out. Yeah, just, that's my yeah. I feel like y'all either need to hug it out or box. One of the two. I'm down to see that. 
When's the last time you stepped in the octagon, bro? Actually, never mind. We need to get up there. He's a licensed fighter. Yeah, that's not that's not cool. He got hands. That's not cool. He got no. It's not just hands. He got and feet and elbows, knees and elbows. Yeah, bro. Hey, maybe maybe. I would say he probably got knee because that one knee. Oh, he oh he got one knee. Yeah. Hey, he can't. He coming at you real disrespectful, bro. He said the one knee. He said you got knee. Not hey, no, we're going to move on to the next up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 <laughs> this from all sides. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we got, we got shorty up here. Ashley, what you, what you, what you got? Love. What you got? So we met over there. Yeah. I'm Ashley. Um, I guess just clarification on your journey. Mm-hmm. Like, did you ever have questions of your gender or did you like question your sexual orientation prior to the accident? Never, never. Yeah. I have never had a question about my gender identity. Even after the accident, I still didn't have a question about my gender identity. I just became more feminine. I can't explain it. I just, it was just like a, a natural shift. Before that, I promise you, this one over here. Hey, cousin. Say. Yeah, she could attest to you. Before 2017, I was a masculine guy. I had that accident, and it was literally like, um, I want to say this, too, because I'm glad you mentioned this. Um, I think that for me, in order to get closer to God, I had to experience him in a feminine way. Because in all the masculine ways I experienced God, I was told that I was, oh, you're not wearing this, or you're not doing this right, or you're not doing, like, I always felt like with my dad, I always felt a... a disconnect from God in the masculine sense. And so whenever I finally had that experience with the feminine, it was almost like understanding that God is love. And I had lost the fact that God was love because I was always told that God is, you have to be like this, you have to be like this, you have to be like this. And so whenever I really had that experience to just one-on-one hone in on who I was, I had to understand that we're both, in order for me to see God as me, I had to see God as we. Because we are connected to the Most High. So in order for us to both be connected to the Most High, you are feminine and you are a woman. And I am feminine, but I'm a man. But even in that same sense, I would never change me being a man. I would never, like, I love me being who I am. And I'm very sure you love who you are. But in that same aspect, when you walked in, we were so we were able to connect because our feminine energies had connected. You didn't connect with the masculine energy. The masculine energy probably was like, oh, I think you're trying to holler at me. But no, you connected with the feminine energy. It was like, oh, I feel you. I, I can feed you. You have good energy. It was like the connection on the feminine aspect. Even though we're different genders, it was the connection from the feminine aspect that even was able to connect us to each other. So a lot of times when guys are having this um, aspect where oh, I can't connect with the girl, have you actually connected with the other sides of you to understand how she's thinking, how she's feeling, what she's, her emotions, how what you just said to her made her feel? Because as a man, a lot of times we tune out just mm. this feeling and this side and these emotions and this, I don't express myself. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you that I feel like we have Whatever you are, you carry both aspects of feminine and masculine energy. Like, feminine is really good at receiving, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think I also, like, to add to what you were saying, especially in our culture, like, we do suppress the man's ability to express himself Mm -hmm. in that way. And we do put men in in tight, tight boxes, especially a black man. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I don't know. I I agree that, you know, there's, there's... 
two sides to it. Um, I don't think that I came in here, like, loving on you because I was feeling a feminine energy from you. I feel like I came in like that because that's me. Okay. Because that's who God called me to be. Yes. That's the love of God within I, me. I can attest to that. That's yes. Ashley. Um, that's just Ashley. Yeah, so, um, but in, in, like, in regards to, like, because I feel like I, I do think that our society is very squared off and yeah. we do we assign a lot of roles that maybe isn't fair to the full expression of a man to the full expression of a woman so right. we can we can do both um but to some degree there is you know that like we are created beings mm-hmm. and god gave us these vessels in the way that they were you know so like i don't know i just it's i i love hearing your story your perspective um i think i see it a little differently that like we get to be both and but i, I am a woman because right. I was made a woman. And I am a man. Because I was made a man. Yeah. But we're some pretty beautiful people. Yeah. And I love that. And so when you said that, and I'm glad you said it because it's so awesome. Because I want to reflect on this. Um, I like that. I like the fact that you told me who you were. Because when I walked in here, I didn't tell you anything but who I was. And I think that that's the problem with people in my community is we're scared to tell people who we are. Because the world has told us that if we tell people who we are, that we're going to hell, or we're going to get this, or we're going this, or we're doing this. or So then people run from God. And the problem is there's so many people running from God because they have nowhere else to run to. So if you're telling a person because they're different, they can't run to the one person that they can run to, where do they go? Absolutely no. God is yeah. love. And love has to be fully accepted. And like Trey was saying, like that's something that we kind of do fail as a church to do sometimes is just accept the person completely as they are, who they are right now in this moment. But it's refining. I mean, we're not perfect. we got to learn that throughout this, this journey, how to love better. And how to, and how to be loved. Mm-hmm. I'm learning how to be loved. On my journey, I'm, the five years in, I'm, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm not dating and all the other stuff. But I'm learning how to be loved. I'm learning how to show up as love. I'm learning how to walk into rooms as love. I'm learning how to defend myself as love. I'm learning how to fight for love. I'm learning how to speak love. I'm learning how to give love. Because the only way that, like I told him, it's if I can't be redeemed because of who I identify as, then I can be redeemed by the love that I give, by the love that I show, by the love that I create, by the love that I put on this earth. Can't redeem ourselves. Only Jesus can. Right. But yeah. at least I can try. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, I love your story and I thank you for coming out thank and you. sitting with us because it's probably not easy. It's not always easy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. Very cool. Jay? Oh, uh, we got uh, Ashley's walking up. Yeah, Ashley's walking up. I got I got some. Uh, yeah. Um, Percy, you actually said something I want to kind of. Hey, man, how you doing? This is nice. Um, I actually have something I want to. You, you, you said um, the way you were experiencing God through your father. This is leaning on time. The way you experienced God through your father um, was, yeah, it's fine, was different compared to after you had the accident and you experienced God in a different way. Do you ever question that maybe, <coughs> oh, snap. Do you ever question that maybe? the way your father was representing the Lord was actually a misrepresentation of who God really is? I think that the way that my father was representing God was representing it in the way that he was trying to raise his heterosexual black son. Which which would be probably a misrepresentation of who God is. Is, is this the Jehovah's Witness or the Catholic? This is the Jehovah's Witness. 
Um, I still knocked on every door and passed at every pamphlet. Right. I still helped him build the kingdom home. But okay. it, was, it wasn't, it was the aspect that I needed because I needed to learn how to build something. I needed to learn how to take care of something. Uh-huh. I needed to learn how to knock on doors because the only way sometimes you're going to get the message across is knock on doors. So the, I needed him to, tr- to treat me the way he treated me. But I needed him to show me the way that I was showed because in order for me to know God in my own way, I had to know the way I was trained. We're all trained in our own ways. God has taught to us from birth in some cases. So just because God has taught to you from birth, it's up to you as an adult to understand your journey with God. And so when I did find out the feminine aspect of God and being love and being who I am, I had to understand that even though my father was telling me certain things, I had to teach him gentleness. I had to teach him wisdom. I had to teach him love because those things were not in his fundamental ways of teaching me God. So, so would, you, would you at this point define as a Christian but also uh, associate to the, the witness? No. Fully Christian? No, I'm fully Christian. Okay. I don't uh, associate with the witness. You're not, knocking on, you ain't knocking on doors like that no more. No, we, no I do knock on doors. I run a nonprofit <laughs> to help save the people. Yeah, gotta get that coin, my boy. <laughs> Gots to get the coin. I knock on doors. Gotta get it. Different type of knocking. Different type of knocking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's um, real. That's real. But I, I, it was my journey to find God first for myself. He could teach me what he knew about God, but uh-huh. I had to go find God on my own. So it, it sounds like what he. It sounds like who he showed you, who he showed God to be to you. Probably said that wrong. Who he showed you to be. Ugh. Get it out. Who Let him use you. your father showed you God was. Ah, got it. Was different. <laughs> was different than the God that you discovered on your own. Is that correct? Right. So the God that I felt was a God that did not provide salvation for me. It was almost like in his ways, he was using God as a method of almost what she just said, Ashley just said, just confining me to a box of what masculinity was. So, it, and that's kind of why I asked that question because I think oftentimes what happens is people receive God from somebody else and it's not actually God, it's actually who somebody has boxed God to be in, right? And so that happens and, and, and then people get pushed away. And they are scared. left. They're scared. Yeah. They're hurt. But they're also they're also traumatized. Yeah. And, but they're also left with this picture of God that is incomplete. Right. And one thing I like, I love about you is the fact that you still have made an effort to search and find who God is. The Bible My, says, "Search yourself over." Like you have to search yourself to find who you are in God. When you read the word, you have to search yourself. So when I'm reading the word, I have to search myself. Right. Too. And and so in that, and that's kind of why I asked the question. Do you you see the difference? And, and 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 is it possible that who your father thinks God is is not actually aligned with God's true nature? Because if that is the case. Then it is also a possibility that the God you grew up with is not the God that truly exists. So I can't say that because I did have a Catholic mother and she believed in the God that we are speaking of. And oh, so there's the, also the Catholic upbringing too. The Catholic upbringing Ooh. too. So yeah. I, I had yeah. a very religious mixture. upbringing. So I'm letting yeah. you know that I had the mixture. 
And I don't want to say Jehovah is not God because in the Bible it kind of does mention that that's the name. So I I'm often it's I'm conflicted on the way that Jehovah's Witnesses represent God for sure. Um, but I do believe they pray to the same God. Okay, so you know what I'm saying. But yeah. I don't think that they do the same God in the way that Christians do. Right, and it's, it sounds like the treatment of people is different. Doesn't align with how the Lord has called us to treat people. Um, I I do believe that Jehovah's Witnesses have more of a restrictive way of God. Indeed, we have Maya and her. Uh, is this Mink? It's alpaca. Ooh. Wow. Hey, yo. Good, baby, you looking good over there. Thanks. Okay, Thanks. I got you. I appreciate it. I got yeah. your back. They, they got a queen on here. I told them that. I got I just, you. That's 1500 right there. She got on. This, you? Is that what it is? Hey, I don't know. I got it from my mother's closet. You blotted. Okay. Yeah, all right. You blotted alpaca. Um, well, I'm Maya. Um, Trey introduced me, but I thought I was supposed to introduce myself. But Absolutely I thank you. Were. Thank you, bro. I appreciate you. It's the masculine. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, okay So one of the things that I just want to compliment you on is um, I love your your openness um, Just because generally in um, Just people in general We like we put things in boxes And that's how we are able to process And conceptualize things So it's, it's really refreshing And I believe that God works through you And can sanctify you in that Because you are so open to different things my question is, um, so I think you kind of answered a portion of my question when you were uh, speaking with Ashley about kind of feminine and uh, masculine kind of energy. Because one of the biggest things is I think earlier you said something about God. We we, we say God is a he, right? Mm-hmm. I believe God has no gender, has no sex. None. I agree. Keep going. Okay. <laughs> All right then. Um, so, and I do think believe that God does have a feminine like aspect aspect yes ma'am so but my question is so if you you know that you're a man Mm -hmm. my question is why do you choose to we caught it it. no we good we good we good we good we good um or what makes you what makes you express your feminine um aspects in this way because the woman saved me. Let me go back. Okay, so when I when I got in the accident, I didn't mention this, but I lost my mom when I was 19. And so when I got in the accident, I didn't feel a man saving me. I felt a woman saving me. Almost like, okay, like in a wound, when you are like in the womb, you are in a place, but you are in a place, but you are in a place. And the reason I'm expressing that is because it's it's conception. It's almost like it's in a place, but in a place, but in a place. And women are the only creatures on this world that can create in that way. And in the way that I was removed from my body, it was almost like a way of conception where God took me from my body and conceived me back in order to deliver me back. And so when I received, when I was received back into my life, I no longer could experience abuse. I no longer could experience domestic. None of that. None of that was going to work. The feminine in me no longer allowed. It was like the masculine in me had got me in the situation, but the feminine in me was the only thing that could get me out. And 
I think that when I realized that aspect and I kind of met Bali for the first time, I kind of understood that even though we want to say that God is a man, God gives birth to something. And God gave birth to me in 2017, September 15, 2017, he gave birth to me in a different way. And it was, it wasn't the life that I was living, being a gay male, dating a male. It was leaving that alone and finding my journey with God and giving my life back to him and serving and writing and being a voice. So it was like, I had to understand, and it goes back to what Ms. Linda Coleman said, it's not about you. You know what I'm saying? And I think that in our journey with Christ, we always think it's about us. Oh, Father, I want this, or I want this, or I need this, or I'm ready for this, or I'm ready for a husband, or I'm ready for a life, or I'm ready for a job, or I'm ready for this house. But what if he's not ready? In your patience, you are perfected. And in this patience, I think that the reason why you're able to see me is because he's perfected me. That's beautiful. Question. Is there a way for males to express that feminine side of themselves differently. Yes. I think that a lot of males grew up with the same father I did. And I think a lot of males, even if they weren't Jehovah's Witnesses, they could have been any denomination, but they grew up with the same type of um, masculine um, approach that was used to say, you have to be this kind of guy. You have to be this kind of guy. I want you to watch sports. No, you can't play with your sister's baby doll. No, you can't go in the kitchen with your mom. You're supposed to be outside helping me fix the car. Why don't you go and mow the yard with me? Come on, help me do this. So in, in all aspects, I think that like whenever we're, we're talking about this, I think that men are are not able to express themselves because even as a black man, and I can speak on this because I am a black man, regardless of how feminine I am, I'm a black man, y'all. I grew up in the black house. I, I knew. I knew I was black. I knew you was going to do that. I knew you was going to do that. So when you know you black, you know that there is a couple strikes against you and you know you have to work a little bit harder than other people. And I hey, think that yep. in the especially for African-American males and black males, because I don't like using African-Americans because some of us ain't African. Indeed. And, um, <laughs> True. It, I mean, I'm just saying, because like, when I be something like, I'm a long way from Africa, baby. Um, but in the, in the aspect of understanding, like, yes, as black men, we are bred that masculinity is the only thing that protects us from our white oppressors. I believe that fear is the one thing that keeps black men protected because for a long time, black men have been using fear for protection from white men. And I think that fear is one thing that is easier to portray when you are masculine and you don't have emotions. And I think that they use the fear as a way of also protecting themselves, but it is also a way of damaging themselves because the fear is what, lets, is what leads us into becoming a target because they are afraid of what they're not as strong as and they're afraid of what they feel is more I'm going to say it like this. I think that men are taught that the masculinity is what's going to prevent them from a lot of additional problems. Whenever femininity is present, there is another set of issues and problems that are put on a person that the average man is not able or doesn't want to deal with. 
So they run away from that aspect in order to hide themselves from it. Mm. And maybe that's kind of... Oh, what are you doing <laughs> Oh, what are you talking oh yeah, about? we uh, it's 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 uh Leah and uh. I think he, nah, he, 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 he been he been waiting for a minute. Oh, okay. I, I, well, I, I guess I, I am been, done because I was been, gonna, well, I was just going gonna ask y'all the the same kind of like yeah. question. Do you yeah, feel like you them. can express the feminine portion of God through your manhood? Uh, what does that look like? Well, that's, that's so about? so yeah. so I, I will say is the feminine aspects is a tough part because. Which is there are aspects. So, for example, mm-hmm. the sermon you say changed your life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, the pastor. What was his name? Matt Chandler. Matt Chandler. He was expressing how his his own son was not like the the brawly uh, hunter mm-hmm. that would go out and you know what I'm saying. So he's a like sensitive you know, little he's boy. a sensitive little boy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying. And so, so we call uh, children who are <clears throat> males that are sensitive and that care, that nurture. Oh, it's like, hey, man up! I think that's counter. Like productive, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? For sure, yeah, um, yeah, because definitely. to have a man that has a nurturing spirit um, actually is a reflection of God. God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, I think that even with that understanding that there are aspects, uh, and even Jordan Peterson talks about like mm-hmm. his 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 his, uh, his, uh, his non uh, confrontational nature, or even his his ability to say, "Hey, you know, like I'm, I'm actually uh, more." What does he say? Uh, an aspect of like the nurturing aspect, you know, more so than uh, other men are. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say within that, right, you then go over to um, what it means to walk in roles. And I feel like the man and the woman together are to be fruitful and multiply. And so I think that in relationships and seeing that um, relationships are called between two people, I do think it is a limitation to be fruitful and to multiply if it isn't done within the aspect of a man and a woman. And I think also possibly it's it's also lining up truth with lies because the lies are your boy, you shouldn't be showing your emotions. Truth is you see it all throughout Psalms and David, Mm -hmm. God, I'm struggling. I can't do this, or I'm sad, or I'm this, or I'm that. You know what I'm saying? You seeing a uh, dude crown Jesus' shoulder. Two men. Yeah, John. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. John's crying you know on his shoulder and stuff like that. Actually, so actually, like, he wasn't even crying. He was, he was laying on his bosom. Oh, true story. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm he sorry. Was, he, yeah, was he, he was on his, yeah, he was there. And it's I like, think yo, like, that's, that's his friend. Yeah, because even for me, like, a while back, I, like, I got to cry on uh, Steph. Shouts out to Steph, Stephon. I cried on his brother's shoulder twice. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like, I think being able to line up the truth next to the lies and then say, hey, I'm going to follow the truth in these emotions and these sensitivity spaces is. But see, I think. Okay, so. Go ahead. Y'all are lining up what we would define as a feminine trait versus what the nature of God's like what. And I guess feminine masculine is something that we made up as well. Um, So. But mm-hmm. if like nurturing, mm-hmm. right? So that that versus emotions mm-hmm. is a little different. She's well, asking well, so, you guys so, why men don't express. Well, no, 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 no. So, 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 when we talk I'm, about I'm what, the, how do you like, express? So, for example, the Holy yeah. Spirit, right? Um, the word Passover is that which represents a mother bird that is covering her 
her baby birds, mm-hmm. right? That is a protective, nurturing spirit of what we know to be the spirit that protected Israel from the judgment, mm-hmm. right? And so um, there are aspects that we see, yo, where we see as women, we can, you know, we, we default with, oh, they're just emotional beings. I do believe there's some, some validity to that. But aside from just the scientific aspect of it, what I look at is what do the Bible define as roles? Because I feel like even in the aspect of how the culture is anti-gender roles, I think it's because the culture is looking at what we have defined as masculine and feminine rather than what the Bible has defined as the man's role and the woman's role. Okay. Cause when I look at the, what a man's role is to be, it's not just simply a quote unquote provider, but when I look at what it means to be co-equal and have Christ as the head of us mm-hmm. and then see that Christ himself equal with the father submitted to the father. Mm-hmm. So he understood his role within the unit he was a part of. I got you. And that is a reflection of us. And so we are called to look like the kingdom. And so in that same way, if we're to bring the kingdom on earth, we're to model what God has already created in the kingdom. Right. There it is. There it goes. And so if that's our... I'm I'm going to stop. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. If that's our purpose in this aspect of walking in roles... Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> a little late, you're a little late, a little late. You got it, you got it. I would say, I was, I would say, we as Christians should look at what the Lord calls us to be as men and us yeah. to be as women, and then say, all right, bet. Um, which kind of relates to back what we're talking about, um, like not making women the prize and not making men the prize, making Christ the prize. When Christ is the prize and we seek out Christ and seek first his kingdom, all else will be given to us. And so when it comes to things like uh, uh, what it means to be masculine, what it means to be feminine, I think those things will continue to change culturally. Yeah. But I think biblically we can find things that do define what a man is so called I, to do and a woman is called let to me, do. If I could just jump in, I think also, you know, there's a difference between birthing something and creating something. Uh-huh. Talk to me. Birthing mm-hmm. refers to a process that typically involves two things coming together. For sure. Mm-hmm. A creator is a singular entity, mm-hmm. right? God created the earth, the whole world, the whole universe, separate from anything else. Mm-hmm. I think when you talk about expressing you know, the feminine parts of God... Or if you want to even, uh, you know, subscribe a feminine or masculine to to God. Mm-hmm. I think the, the other part of creation is understanding that man nor woman can fully represent who God is apart. That's also the beauty in creation is that I represent one part of God. You represent another part of God. And in marriage... We are actually more, we are closer to representing the full nature of who God is together. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's why like any example in the Bible, when it talks about how we should operate, is, is, a, is a communal, a bodily kind of example. Because one part of the body is not a body, it's just a piece. It's a piece. Right? When you're, it's when you're connected that you're a body. Okay? Bang. And so, Bang. Bang. I think Bang. in this idea of saying, how does, how do, how does a man, how do men express feminine traits of the Lord, I think the better question is, how do you fully walk in who the Lord has called you to be according to the truth of his word? Mm-hmm. 
right? Not trying to, yeah, not trying to nitpick and say, oh, well, God, this is a feminine part of God. Yeah, this yeah. is a masculine part of yeah, God. Let me do this. Yeah. Let me do that. God, who have you created me to be mm-hmm. in and line it up to the truth of your word and say, oh, this is the fullness of who I am taking the fullness of who I am and then submitting it not just to God, but to also the greater good of the body Mm -hmm. and saying, oh, wow, now my fullness is actually really recognized when I'm connected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so not trying to say, well, this is me being the feminine part or the masculine part. It's like, no, like this is who God created me to be. You know what I'm saying? God. Yeah. This is like, 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 (laughs) like, like the fullness of God on this earth, right, is the body. body. Adam was not completed until he received Eve. Because he could not fully reflect who God was outside of community He couldn't relate to who God was because God was too God He was too good, right? Mm -hmm. He needed somebody like him to be in community That's the other part of community Being connected with people who are like you Gives you the ability to reflect reflect God So I think that is the piece where where I think we're, we're missing it Is not about how do I express feminine or masculine traits of God It's how can I be who God has created me to fully be in the body yeah. and in truth. And I was about to say on top of that too, because again, we, we attribute nourishing, mm-hmm. the nurturing aspect to yeah. women. Mm-hmm. But he said, husbands love your wife like Christ loved the church. And in that yeah. same verse, he said, husband nourish and cherish her. Exactly. Nourish you know what I'm cherish. saying? So like he yeah. calls us to do those things like collectively, like going back to what you said. So I like what you said. You said. Expressing God. Expressing, expressing God. God. Yes. I like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Yeah. Not just expressing the aspects of God we relate to, <laughs> but all of God. Amen. My man. Oh. Talk to me. Oh. Let me get that out there. Wait. You don't know too much hey. You forgot. Um, so uh, I, introduce my, yourself. We, that was muted. Was like, oh, that was muted. My yeah, bad. My name <laughs> no, is Omar. Um, I hang out with that guy every once in a while. <laughs> so um, I just had one a comment um, regarding Ruth. Uh, you you had mentioned Ruth and like the her throwing herself at you and almost correlated it to what it would be like in today's atmosphere. So like to me, I've always taken that as like that was her act of desperation mm-hmm. of like I have no other choice because if not Naomi and I will die um, because essentially it did not exist um, as people at that time. Um, so in correlating it to DMing or like being aggressive in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you like, I guess, how do you connect those? Because those are two very extremely different situations here. I think they were asking me about the feminine aspect of what I thought about a woman. Like if I felt like something about a woman, I was using Ruth as an aspect. Um, in the aspect of what you're saying, yes, Ruth was put in a position, but Ruth also put herself in a different position. And I think that in today's society, when I was using a Christian woman as an example, if we are going to use Christian women, we should use the Bible to reflect on a Christian woman. So, so Ruth, I, I felt Sorry. like she was she is normally used as the reflection of a Christian woman when people are referring to Christian women in the Bible. So who better to use than Ruth? But in the sense of Ruth took herself, her body, and pursued. put her body and pursued, that is something that in today's society women don't do. So I wasn't saying that in the sense of I'm comparing them. Gotcha. I'm just saying that if you're going to gotcha. use a Christian woman, use a real Christian woman, and she was a pursuer. She was not just waiting on a guy to just show up on her front doorstep and say, hey, I want to marry you. Yeah. yeah. Um, another question. Um, 
So I know a lot of us here have like a theological foundation yes. um, that just gen- generally just doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we study, we can ebb and flow with like different things that we learn here sure. and there. But generally, the foundation is the gospel, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Great Commission, like that's that's it. Um, I'm interested to know, like, what are some of your theological foundations that just don't budge? Because everything else kind of does. So I will never steal. I will never kill. I will never hurt anyone. I don't lie because I'm so honest with who I am. I don't even have anything to lie about. Um, I think that it's, it's, there's so many foundations that I was bred with from having a Jehovah's Witness background and also having a background with the Catholic Church. I will say this. The reason why I'm able to walk in my journey with Christ is because I stayed steadfast to those foundations. Regardless, and I like to use this because I didn't have a standard, so I have to be the standard. I don't have someone to go after saying that I believe in God and I'm a member of this community and this, this, and this. So now I have to be that standard. If you have to be that standard, then it calls you to a different purpose and it calls you to a greater height. And so being that standard is walking in this room and representing. Being that standard is walking out of this room and representing. Being that standard is walking into every room and being who I am. And so all of my traditions from birth, they're still with me. But in the same sense, I don't completely agree with the way that some people made us feel that because we are not identified as masculine or feminine or male and female or straight, whatever, all of these other titles, that that just automatically tells a person that they are not redeemed. God is the redeemer. None of us are redeemers, just the Father. So if you set yourself as a standard, then where does Christ fit in? With me, because like, I'm, I'm, I'm walking and using and, and with him. Um, Christ so is he, he told me to use me to serve. So I stopped thinking about me. I stop thinking. I don't even make a lot of money. Like I'm one of those people. Like I can sit up here and tell you, "Oh, I make a lot of money." No, the job that I do, I'm just doing it because I want to do it, and I'm just helping people because I want to help them, and I'm just loving people because I love them, and I'm just writing this book because I want to write it, and I'm just singing because I want to sing, and I'm just. But all of that's me. But in the same sense, I told him to use me. So when you ask God to use you, you don't know how He's going to use you. I didn't know that he was going to use me to be in this room today to talk to you, to tell him that he's in me too. But I can say that I, he's using me to be that person because in order for us to have these conversations, we have to know that we have to flow with him. And so I'm in this journey where I I needed this. I needed this as much as you guys did because there was questions that I had for my own self and with my own faith and my own walk with God that I had to be answered in order for me to be brave enough to be in this room to even answer the questions. So it's a learning process for me also, but I do believe that my foundation is still the same. I I believe in love. I believe in marriage. I believe in a happy home. I believe in um, giving. I believe in giving back to the church. I believe in tithing. I believe in all of these things. But in the same sense, I don't believe that I can't get those because I'm not like everybody else. So I I I think Omar is asking, like, when you achieve those things and it's in its completion, will it look like the biblical model? Yes. And the reason why I feel that is because if God is in it, then let no man set it apart. If, if that's not for me, what's going to happen? It's going to mess up. If you build a house and God's not in there, it's going to tear it down. If you, you build the Solomon temple, if he, 
God wasn't in that. It tears down. It's not about us. We don't know until we get there. And I think no one knew until they got there. I remember hearing about, <laughs> this is so awesome. I was reading about Samuel, and in this, Nathan comes along and tells David basically, hey, look, you killed your son. We know you killed your son, and the father is unhappy with you. And this is why. And so imagine being David and you're the son in your you're the son of God. Like God has covered you. He's made you the king of all kings. He's done all these things for you. And the one thing you did, the one thing that you did not do right was you killed your son. And in this, he's often thinking like, I made my own mistake. So one of the the you know, testaments is to kill, and so he's killed his son, and in this moment, someone's telling him that I'm not right. I did something wrong. And I think that it's so beautiful because in that moment when he finally realizes that he's wrong, God is able to perfect him in his imperfection because he made a mistake and he redeemed him for the mistake that he made. And I think that in society, they think that because a person doesn't identify or look the way they're supposed to, that it's a mistake and they feel like they're supposed to continue to redeem themselves daily in order to feel redeemed. And I think that after David was redeemed for killing his own son by the father, he would redeem anyone who gave their life to him and repented to them and let them know that he loved them. Okay, and then last question. Sorry, I know there's some other people. Like, I just had one more. Can you explain the, tr- the Trinity? So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is my idea of the Trinity. It was like, explain it. Though. So, okay. So I'm gonna. That's this, a tough this, question this, for me. This day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Hold on. I was like, y'all gonna I heard now one good explanation <laughs> from nobody on this podcast. Now y'all gonna get my explanation, and you might like it because I'm gonna explain it the, the way it that down. I can it dictate. Yeah, yeah. So hey, I'm bring that. Like that's that's bring what I'm it. asking. Yeah, your your explanation. So. Um, If I'm going to describe the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I would describe it like this. Um, I would describe a a tree. And I would describe a tree, and I would describe the tree, and I would describe the Father as the roots. The roots are the oldest parts. The roots are the parts that connect the tree to the ground. The roots are the parts that connect the tree to God. The roots are the parts that connect the tree to the source. So the Father is the root. So from the root comes the tree. And that tree is the sun. Because that seed started from the father that created the roots. And from the roots comes the tree. And from the tree is the sun. Because the sun is the birth from the seed. So from the seed comes the branches and the branches comes the tree. So the tree is the sun. And from the tree comes the branches, which is the spirit. Because with every spirit, there needs to be life. And on every branch, there's leaves. And on every branch, there's flowers. And on every branch, there's butterflies and moths and caterpillars. And all of this is the spirit because the spirit is life. And so when I think of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I think of it from the bottom as below. Before you see it, when you don't see it, when you plant the seed and you don't know what's going to grow. When you plant the seed and you don't know if anything is going to show up. You just know that you put something down there and you're going to keep watering it and you're going to keep waiting for it to grow. So the Father is the seed that you never saw, because after you dropped it, you never saw it again. And then the Son is the tree that grew, because after it grew, now you had something to see. But the Spirit was everything around the tree, because after you have something to see, you have proof that it existed. Cool. That was it. Yeah. That was my question. That was, that's the first. 
Our last last example I heard was a donut. I got an apple. I got a donut. I know a little something. Indeed. Yeah, I ain't never I, I, heard the donut. I, I, I will one. say, um, although although I do agree with the uh, the concept, um, it was uh, David who had his friend killed, but because of that sin, his son died. Yeah. So I will say that it was on David's sin. It was that his son died. It yeah. was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talk to me. What's going on? Beer game hey. strong. My name is Dre. I actually really appreciate this conversation. I think it's something that. In this day and age where, like, a lot of people are wrestling with the idea of this stuff and trying to, like, figure it out for themselves. So I have a, I have a couple questions, but one of this first question is, um, do you believe God is clear on, on gender in his word? And if so, how do people feel like it's okay to define their own gender? Yes, I do believe God is clear on gender in his, in his word. Um, and as far as it comes to defining gender, I will say it like this. I am... This is the part where I told you the community don't like me because <laughs> okay. We like you. Okay, so so you said the community sometimes is. Are you talking about on, on some aspects the church community and also the LGBTQ? Because because so. me being here, I got to navigate both. So I'm, I'm navigating both when sure. I'm doing this. Y- y'all hey, know this yep. is very peculiar. So in order to navigate it, I'm going to say it like this. Um. In my walk with Christ, I understand the separation of man and female. And I understand that he makes everything in his image and he does not make any perfections. And if you think it's an imperfection, you're just crazy because you're sleeping on yourself because you're amazing. But still, so whenever I think about it, I think of it's still male and female. Now, in today's society, there is um, the aspect of transgender and there's the aspect of other... um, Genders that blend lines, including who I identify as, which is, I'm just me. I'm a man, y'all. I'm just pretty. I don't do all that other (laughs) stuff. I can't explain what I'm saying, but I'm just trying to just say what I'm saying because it's just who I am. So um, with gender, I don't feel like God makes a mistake. So if anyone does anything or changes themselves, I do agree that it is against God. Interesting. So even though I am a member of the community... I will have to say that I don't think God makes mistakes, and I do agree that when people change um, physically, like surgically, or alter who they are in Christ, then I do believe that there is a problem with that. Indeed, and I, I will say I have to, I have to even like you know what I'm saying, um, I would say outwardly, I was forget because I, I was one of the people who saw and identified based off what I saw. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it has to, Percy's either probably T or Q, you know what I'm saying, things like that. And here he's like, oh, yeah, neither. I'm like, no, no, oh, wow. I'm like Prince, I'm, y'all. Like, I I'm, literally like boss shit. <laughs> like, I'm just a boss <laughs> shit. Did you see these pants I got? Purple y'all rain of this Look, I came in here with myself. I got on purple <laughs> fingers to let y'all know it's purple <laughs> rain. But I'm just saying, like, I'm in love with who I am. I, I'm not cutting nothing off, but I and I'm not adding nothing either. Because I heard that hurt your back, y'all. I know. Y'all ladies, y'all Wait, what? what? You know, what hurt? I what? Heard that was. Uh, you know these things they be hurting y'all back. Oh, oh, understand what I'm saying. Um, so I definitely, I agree with that. Okay, so so my other question is, how do you reconcile with scripture that call out homosexuality as an abomination? 
Um, I think the idea of homosexuality depends on if you're laying with men, and I don't do that. So I think that when I was born again and I repented, I haven't laid with the man since. So it, it doesn't apply to me in that sense. But in the sense of I do believe that if something is ordained, if it's something that is brought to you, not brought through you, uh, emotions bring a lot of things through us, but only God can truly bring something to us if it's supposed to be brought to us. Um Oh, you made me nervous. I thought you was. No, no. I was like, dang, he didn't push the I was taking the time. My bad. No, you good. I ain't push. <laughs> so I got that reflex. So I will say that yes, I I have felt that the scripture thrown at me thousands of times about the way that I identify, mm-hmm. but I also will say that the lifestyle that I live can't be condemned because I don't. I don't look for any source outside of me right now. All right. So, do you, you are you saying that you believe that a homosexual relationship can be ordained by God? I do. But wouldn't that go against His word? Like, wouldn't that like that literally contradicts what He's saying in in the Word as that being an abomination? So, I believe in the Scripture, but I also believe in the Word, and I think the Word is fluid. And so, I also believe that in the sense of if I give God me. I'm not telling y'all I gave God half of me. I'm not no lukewarm Christian. Mm-hmm. I gave God me, which means I walked with God. I gave him everything, everything I owned, every part of me. And I make my request known to God. I do not, in my mind or in my thought process, feel that if I have repented and given my life to God and made my request known to him, that he will not provide for me okay. in whatever way that is. Don't fully believe that the word is like a hundred percent solid in its guidelines and what it's established. I believe that the word is what it is, but I also believe that God is who He is, and so I believe that God supersedes word. But if His word is higher than His name, and like that's the the standard, like like the the His word is, you know what I mean? The 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 standard. How can He? go against his own word. I think there's scripture that even talk about, you know, just like he can't even go against his own God word. God is not lying. Exactly. <laughs> um, even in the Bible, it speaks about Jesus going into the wilderness to pray. Mm-hmm. And the reason why he speaks about Jesus going into the wilderness to pray is because there was some stuff that y'all not supposed to see. It's some stuff you're not supposed to know. <clears throat> some things that the reason why it's hidden from you is because you wouldn't know what to do with it if you knew it. And so I'm not here to tell you right from wrong or my belief is my belief or your belief is your belief. I'm here to tell you that from me walking with Christ, this is what I feel. And I would also like to add to that, too, just like the whole connection between God and his word. Because even in John, like in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then 14, I think it says, and like the word became flesh. So there's a connection between God and the word, not a disconnect. Right. Okay. So I'm just saying, because the word says what it says, God also says what the what word say? says, and right. back and forth. You know what I mean? Right. Whatever God says, the word says. Okay. And I, I'm just, I am a faithful servant. Mm-hmm. And so even in that, I, I walk because I walk by faith and not by sight. I don't know if hell's on the other side of the world for me. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us do. But I know that if I walk with God and then wait till I get to where I'm going, then I'm, I have a better chance of getting where I want to go than if I don't walk with them. And the problem is people don't walk with them because they're running from y'all because they're scared of y'all. 
And I ain't scared of nobody. Mm-hmm. So I came here to let y'all know that I was here. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> I came to let y'all know I was here. The queen don't give up till she get where she going. So um, I understand and sympathize completely with what you're saying. But I will say this. My father made no mistakes with me. And he made no mistakes with anybody in this room. And anybody listening. And I think that if we all continue to use the Bible to run people from Christ, that's why our numbers are dropping. That's why our churches are losing members. That's why we are losing followers of Christ because we are, we're losing our people because we're separating them out. And I didn't come here to let y'all think that I'm just who I am or whatever. I came here to tell y'all that I am who I am, but I'm all that I can be. And I want to let you guys know that there's so many of me's around the world that feel rejected, that feel lost, that feel like they don't deserve the promise, that feel like... I've given my life, but do you know how many people who are Christian have never acted on the sin because they don't want to, because they feel about they feel persecuted about the idea of if I did this, this would condemn me? There's so many people that are living in fear to be them, their true, authentic selves that a lot of them result in, they, they kill themselves, they commit suicide, they don't live the lives that they wanted because they're so busy trying to fit into boxes that you guys have created from people that created boxes before you were even thought of. And so I, I just want people to understand, go to God first. Stop asking the book to find God. Go to God. Kneel on your knees. Give your life to God. Lay, your, lay at his feet like Ruth lay at Boaz's feet. Give your entire body to who he is and what he is. And that is when you can actually find who you are. Because in the, the reality is we can read a book, but if we don't walk and go to him, we will never know the truth. And there's so many people reading a book to try and the truth, and they they never find the truth because the truth isn't in the book. The truth is in the walk. So I, I will say what I like about these brothers is uh, knowing knowing Caleb. Actually, also I can I can even say with Jerry as well. Um, one thing that we have a common thread on, being that we're both involved in youth ministry, he's involved with ministry with youth, right. and you also are passionate about youth. Um, we're not actually attracted to the numbers the masses it's who is in front of us mm. we are called to build them up right and so um i will say like um commonly what is done is in churches is hey how many feet are we how many seats are we filling how many people have we brought in how many when really we're like hey fam like the seats that are being filled mm-hmm. we're trying to build them up yes we're trying to grow them Right. And so um, because of even that mindset, there are those that may leave because building is a process that requires chiseling, that requires pruning and pruning is not comfortable. And so parts about ourselves that we are um, uh, uh, growing by nature need to be cut off. Mm -hmm. And so. uh, if that causes some to leave, if that causes some to not be comfortable with the process, I would say that that isn't always a factor of, okay, it's being done wrong. I would say it, it also could include the fact that at the end of the day, in operating as we're called to operate as the body, um, it does require growth, and growth is uncomfortable. Yeah, right. facts. Yeah, right. Okay, so I got one more question. Um, 
So you guys have been talking a lot about feminine and masculine energy and all that stuff. (laughs) So the question is, is it possible that how we define feminine and masculine can cause us to question gender? Gender. So, like, the definitions of feminine and masculine, because, uh, say, a man operates in feminine energy, that causes him to doubt who he is in gender. Yes. For sure. For sure. I'll I'll tell you that, yes. Because in the the mindset of people thinking that because a person is identifying as feminine, I get misgendered all the time. Like, I literally can go to any club, bar, all that stuff, and the guy will be like, oh, hey, and then some of them might get mad and be like, oh, you're not a girl, da 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 or whatever. And so when I'm in that moment and um, I'm experiencing that, I experience that from knowing that the way that I am is very unique. There's not a lot of me, and there's not a lot of people who identify the way I do. Sure. So um, whenever I think of the masculine and the the feminine aspects, I'll say this, I think that I've seen it changing over the years. And I and it hasn't just been me. It's been other people. And I think that that's what makes it um, one of those topics that I had to come here. I had to come here and I had to have the conversation because there's so many youth, there's so many people, there's so many even elder, like people who have never even expressed how they actually feel internally because as a society, we have all been tr- created to put ourselves in boxes and block out our emotions and block out our attractions and block out our feelings and block out our thoughts and block out the ways that people make us feel. If you make me feel good, you make me feel good. I can't deny that. But in the same sense, it's often like we're making these boxes because that's what society tells us we have to do. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they were wearing dresses and wigs back in the day. Well, they were running around <laughs> right, in robes right. and, and, and little, what's the little gladiator <laughs> shoes. Y'all seen for them sure. gladiator shoes? Yeah, for sure. For they sure. Had a they all up your foot and leg and everything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You, had to, you had to stretch some stuff around to tie them things mm, up. I'm not going to so. lie. Like, the first, the founding fathers wearing wigs is kind of, yeah. kind of. Hey, yep. <laughs> hey, well, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hi. Well, hey. I will appreciate you for hopping on. Yes, first, thank you. I'm the black man, I'm the black man, I'm the black man. Hey, y'all, appreciate y'all this for tuning it. in for another episode of Black Men Do Talk. We talk about overdue conversations from a black man's perspective. You feel me? Shout out to young Percy sharing a bottle. Also, Percy, uh, how can we keep in contact with you? Uh, follow you and also support you in the future. Okay, my Instagram is Primetime Love. I'm Primetime Love on everything. Like y'all can find me on Primetime Love everywhere. And then my little personal podcast is A Trip to Bali. So you can find me on A Trip to Bali on IG. Um, y'all check me out. Like that's what I'm here for. If y'all have any questions, like y'all can DM me. I'm always open. I'm a life coach too. Uh-oh. So if there is some additional conversation that y'all <clears throat> might have about like life and about um, building yourself and personal development and growth, um, reach out to me. I got absolutely. You. And know that you're sure. always welcome to also you know what I'm saying continue the, to tune in on the uh, the live stream always like you did Pull last time. Oh man, you definitely are expanding thought. <laughs> And helping us process things in our culture today. Yeah. I hope y'all have a blessed day. That's and that's another BMDT hashtag BMT. This that's, 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 that